0: Hi,
1: everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, owner-founder of Be There in Five, the company. We're best known for inventing something called the Remind Doormat, which are doormats that see you on your way out instead of the ubiquitous welcome mat that welcomes you in, primarily designed to, you know, help those Be There in Five type of people not burn their house down. Started with turn off your straightener, turn off your curling iron, you know, lists of things people forgot on their way out. And we've evolved since. I'm also an author of Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star, which is a parody children's book that imagines if nursery rhyme characters had Instagram. And I also am a, a, a self-appointed uh, podcast host and pop culture commentator. So thank you so much for joining me today. If you're it's your first time here, welcome. If it's your millionth time here, I'm sorry you have to hear that intro so much. I'm grateful to have you, whoever you are, wherever you are. Take me there. I want to go there. Maya Rugrats, what a dream, what a pairing. Truly, so unexpected, but it it really works. I mean, name a more iconic duo. I'll wait. Um, Anyways, today I'm so excited because we have, speaking of iconic, Danny Pellegrino from the podcast Everything Iconic. And on his podcast, he typically talks about Bravo shows, pop culture deep dives, kind of gets into some of the niche topics about the 90s and the aughts that we don't get to hear about often enough, such as interviewing Willa Ford of I Want to Be Bad fame. Like, how could we ever forget Willa Ford? I'm hopeful for an upcoming episode with, you know, Blue Cantrell of the borderline anti-feminist anthem hit-em-up style, or perhaps a Samantha Moomba. Like, I love the um, Disney starlets that were like, you know, a ripe 16, 17 and got in these god-awful garbage, ironclad contracts that they could like aerial style never sing again upon signing. Like Myra, whatever happened to Myra from uh, you know, Miracles Happen from the Princess Diaries. You know, it's 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 crazy how many starlets have come and gone that we too often forget, but not Danny Pellegrino. Uh, but anyway, he truly was a bright spot of our LA trip. So nice, so funny such a delight and like, so handsome. I, I never know if I should tell people that in person, but Courtney and I were like, okay, he was very tall, very handsome. And like, obviously people, everybody looks good on the internet, but I'm struck when people are actually very good looking in real life. Cause I think obviously most of us make ourselves look better online, but yeah, we, um, go through kind of, I I made a long list of like really specific, random rapid fire questions, nineties, two thousands, general pop culture. I didn't even get through half of them. So, you know, it's what's so fun is like the tangents and the the kind of elaborations you do on each topic. And, you know, if you like this episode, tell him, tell me, and maybe we'll, you know, do it again sometime. I really enjoyed L.A. I I've been there. I've spent a lot of time in like most major cities. I've lived in New York. I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in San Francisco. I've only visited L.A. and I have not always had the most positive experiences, but I have to say I had the best time, met the best people, saw the entire cast of Vanderpump Rules once on purpose and once by accident, and, uh, you know, spent an hour chatting with Katie Maloney. I mean, a true delight. I, you know, maybe had one too many drinks at TomTom and maybe did take a photo, like curling up in the nape of her neck. And my friend Courtney said, you know, maybe let's sit up straight and open our eyes and, you know, maybe not press our luck with the the, the first lady of TomTom, of half of TomTom. But um, yeah, truly, it was so much fun. If you want to hear more about it, Courtney and I did a full recap for like an hour on my Patreon because there's just like funny stories that y- you guys, but not, uh, not everybody in the general podcast will want to hear, but some of you might. Uh, that's patreon.com slash be there and five, F I B E, not the number. And, you know, I'm struggling because this episode's very evergreen. Like you could listen to it anytime and it'll be relevant. And that's what those are the episodes I love, um, especially because for those of you that kind of start, later and go back. I don't want, you know, it to be me breaking news. like with a shocking voice about Tristan Thompson. It's like, that's such old news. It's not in, you know, we don't need to rehash stories that are already way oversaturated, but it's like, how can I sit here with a mic in front of my face and an audience and not talk about Marissa Fuchs of hashtag where is Gabe of hashtag real love of hashtag walks like a deer of hashtag cries like an emoji of I, I don't even know where to begin and I won't go too far into it all I will say is I would it's like last week I was so reluctantly drawn in the be there in five Facebook group if you want to join it's be there in five podcasts totally casual breezy Facebook group it's where we kind of like all chat about all the things going on and I usually curate a lot of what I'm going to talk about from there because it t- tells me what people care about and, you know, the two things people seem to care the most about are, A, this blogger named Birdie that I actually, I, I cannot take on because I, I, t- I take on too many bloggers and she, it seems like a lot's going on there. And the second thing that was like popping off was the live influencer proposal, three-day long extravaganza where FKA Marissa Fuchs, now Marissa Grossman, live Instagrammed a three-day scavenger hunt proposal from New York to the Hamptons to Hewlett, but I think that was a trick you know, God bless the people of Hewlett, that was a little offensive if you ask me, and then to Miami where things really started to go downhill. She was sitting on the floor in a hotel lobby surrounded by lavish shopping bags, kind of, you know, feeling really bad for herself because she hadn't seen her brothers or mom yet. To then, you know, going to Paris only to be met by, you know, kind of a gooberish uh, makeup artist that she didn't really know in a hotel room that was not a suite, and boy was she disappointed. I think that the Hamptons maybe treated her a little bit better than Paris did who would give zero Fs about an influencer endorsing your hotel. Like, I don't know. The whole thing was interesting. Like what's up with her friend, Alicia, which she was really a core part of the content. Great eyebrows, uh, lied through her teeth about it being a logistics deck. It was very much a pitch deck and the ending wasn't the same. But anyway, I think I'm going to talk about that on a separate podcast this week um, because I feel like a lot's gone on. And last week we did just Taylor Swift. And this week we have more of a broad pop culture extravaganza. And I want to talk about more um, recent topics, maybe in a shorter podcast. So look out for that. If it's your first time here, please come back. We deep dive into celebrity gossip, pop culture. We talk a lot about kind of just what's going on in the current zeitgeist, but we also combine a lot of nostalgia and it's kind of whatever is going on at the time and whatever I can tangent into much like Danny does, which is one of my favorite parts of his podcast is that in one breath, he'll be talking about you know, Southern charm and what nice chompers Shep has to, you know, diverting away to the wonderful world of Disney's Toothless starring Kirstie Alley. That's what makes him a true joy, a true talent and a person that I was very lucky to podcast with. And honestly, like it's, it's been so interesting. Like I have a few episodes that I'll, you know, scatter throughout time of different people I've interviewed. And it's so fascinating how everybody's a little bit different and how sometimes people, you know, You'll ask them questions, but it'll constantly divert back to their own bits or they're so overly polished and media trained, you're not getting anything out of them or they're borderline condescending and don't have time for you. I mean, I'm really learning a lot about how people operate and and what people think is a good use of their time interview wise. And you can imagine what a breath of fresh air it is to talk to somebody who not only shares the same interests with me, but, you know, uh, upon being prompted about a 90s jingle, well sing it, dissect it, and then we can go on a 10-minute tangent about comparing it to, you know, other respected jingles, commercial plot lines, whatever it may be. Like, that's, the, these are these are the type of people that I love. And if you don't already listen to his podcast, you're missing out. Please listen to Everything Iconic. I hear he an awesome Patreon too. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, review. Follow me on Instagram at and 5 You can follow me on Twitter if you want, but like, I only go on there if Instagram's down or if there's a major like crisis, or if I want to check out like what celebrity is needlessly taking down an airline for a very common travel problem. And by my book, Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star, it's the best baby shower gift. It's a fun coffee table book. It's a real think piece about our our current zeitgeist as it relates to social media and influencership. You know, there's a line in my book that was like a joke and something I hadn't really seen, but now it's like, it's, it's honestly come Most of my book is coming true. Like one of them says, um, "Darling, I'll get you some views. No need to find a scandal, because while you were in the womb, I registered your handles, and when I went into labor, Daddy Snapchatted your delivery. Vine may be dead, but honey, certainly not chivalry." And you know, I those two lines are things I have seen. The Lion Dyke baby, uh, the batch from The Bachelor, Ari and Lauren B. You know, was was verified like upon crowning, and having seen Marissa Fuchs's live engagement. You know, proposal palooza. It's kind of similar to me of like daddy snapchatting your delivery. It's like snapchatting these intimate life moments that really just belong, you know, in the archives of our, our of our most cherished memories. And now it's kind of something that we're all ridiculing, which is kind of wrong. But it also was kind of wrong to drag us into it in the first place. And for that, I don't apologize. Anyway, I, every all roads, all freaking roads lead back to Marissa Fuchs. I need to stop giving a fuke about this girl, but I'm, I'm, hooked. I'm in. I, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> Anyways, guys, quick reminder um, for our, the sponsors of our podcast, please go to the farmer's dog, thefarmersdog.com slash be there in five to get 50% off your first trial with the farmer's dog. It's fresh food delivered for your dog. My dog tugboat that won't eat peanut butter. You won't eat a rotisserie chicken. He's extremely picky. It's changed his life. It's like actual human food that they make and is sent to you for in two week packets pre portioned. It's, it's honestly amazing. So that's the farmersdog.com slash be there in five. And also don't forget to use code KATE40 at rent the runway unlimited for $80 off your first two months. This is something that I am obsessed with and I used before I ever worked with them. And it's it's life-changing for people that are obsessed with like the novelty of things. I know I get sick of things once they're not new, which is a really pathetic way to be, but whatever, I'm owning it at this point in my life. And with Rent the Runway Unlimited, especially with like handbags, it's been so interesting to me, like carrying around these nice bags that I would never buy. And two weeks in, I'm kind of over them. And thank God I didn't buy them, you know? So while I'm on my entrepreneurial budget, it's been like a game changer, especially if you're in one of the markets with the um, brick-and-mortar stores, So LA, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, DC going, it's like going in person shopping for a bunch of expensive stuff and you just like take it. It honestly is very exciting. And I'm not exaggerating. (laughs) So code Kate 40 for $80 off your first two months. Give it a go. Let me know what you think. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Bye. All right, everybody. Wow. Danny P. Wow, <laughs> I am so excited to be here with you. It's an honor to be sitting with a, a true pop culture expert, a writer, author, uh, well-respected voice in the Bravo community, a Jessica Simpson apologist.
0: I'm a Jessica Simpson expert.
1: An expert, right, apologist is far <laughs> too harsh. Um, and uh, an all-around beloved human being who, I have to say, if you have the most soothing, calm voice. Oh, uh, thank you. And as evidenced in your recent ASMR bravo dialogues that are also iconic i am so excited and join me in welcoming the host of the insanely successful like top 10 charting podcast of everything iconic please welcome danny pellegrino that was
0: such a great intro and thank you so much for having me i'm so i feel the same way about you i feel like your voice is so soothing as well i mean we're gonna lull people to sleep maybe
1: i, have, I mean have you ever listened to the podcast sleep with me no it's this man is- named scooter.
0: <laughs> scooter and he
1: talks intentionally in low dulcet tones and he tells stories that are so boring they make you fall asleep, but not so boring you want to turn it off. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh yeah yeah. He he's a he top charts. He's Crushing it.
0: You know, I just downloaded an app called Calm. Have you heard Mm -hmm. of this? Yes. And it does sort of similar things. Like there's people on there that just tell stories. And Matthew McConaughey's on there. Ooh. And so like you can literally listen to him tell a story. And he's basically like trying to get you to sleep. Like, all right, all right, all right. I got to get you to sleep. Yeah, that (laughs) like.
1: uh... like weird. It's (laughs) like
0: the weirdest. It sounds like it's some sort of SNL (laughs) sketch, but it's a real thing.
1: That's actually a brilliant idea to have famous people tell like bedtime stories. Um, no, what I was going to ask you too
0: Did you imagine like Bethany Frankel though, like, go to sleep Just shouting at you I would literal, love that too Literal that to- <laughs> I, I was
1: shocked she actually said that The other week on on New York Because that's kind of such a famous line of hers And she was kind of almost repeating her own
0: Yeah, it was a callback It was a, a strong move Yeah I think it somehow worked with her But any other housewife I feel like it would have been too desperate or something And it was maybe bordering, teetering
1: Well, I struggle with um, Dorinda quoting herself Mm-hmm and I, I think that, you know, it's good to embrace the make it nice, you know, clip, say it, regret it, write it, whatever. Um, but she does. Well, now she's a serious show, too. And yeah. she's leaning in
0: to it's her character. Dorinda, I feel like has, the past few seasons has leaned in a little too hard with her catchphrase work. And I don't not that some of it isn't great, but it is. She just uh, you can tell she's trying to write something on a pillow and sell it.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, question for you. OK, so Danny ghost writes much like, you know, Carol Radziville. Radziville. Allegedly. But yeah. <laughs> who, who was like, Lou Anne was like something Radziville. Be quiet, Radziville. Yeah, why you call region? her Radziville? was weird. But Danny does some ghostwriting And I've always been so curious if, you, if people ghostwrite their talking heads.
0: I've heard that I've never done ghostwriting for the housewives talking heads, but I have heard that before. And I think that, I think that these people do have like sort of teams of people that they reach out to. I did have one housewife reach out to me like for something for the talking head, but it wasn't like a direct writing. It was like, do you have any ideas for the talking head? So I wouldn't say, and that was an unpaid thing. Just someone I knew knew one of the housewives and they were like, Oh, they love you on social media or whatever. But so I'd, I have heard, though, that there are people that get paid, but I don't know that it's like direct pay for um, writing a talking head. I This is just my guess would be that, you know, they have assistants or people that work with them and do their social media or something, and they try to get ideas that way. So yeah. it's like they're maybe paying them to do social media, but then you know, th- that they're asking them to come up with lines or something like that. That's what I would guess, but uh, I don't know for certain.
1: Right. Cause sometimes things are a little
0: too quippy. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. Like someone, uh, some of the house, I was like, you mentioned Carol Radzabelle <laughs> <laughs> and I think like some of her talking heads were brilliant and, and they were great, but I don't know that she was writing them all. They seem so written and maybe because she is a writer that she was able to write them. But some of them, it's just like, I don't know. Bethany's hers seem more off the cuff to me. And I think she's more of a naturally funny person.
1: Yes. She goes in and out depending on her like mental state season to Mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. I think her peak funniness was like when she was with Jason and pregnant.
0: Oh, I totally agree. She
1: like, um, I don't know why. Maybe it's because her dreams were coming true.
0: I have this theory that all the housewives when they're pregnant are looser. And it's just, I think because they're worried about their pregnancy, it's like they're not worried about the show as much. So I think like Portia too, this past season of the real housewives of Atlanta, she was a looser in her confessionals. And I, I think it's a pregnancy thing That's my theory
1: that's, Or it could it, it could be also like a, They're lucid They're not drinking <laughs>
0: That's true too You're right No that's exactly <laughs> right Maybe. Hopefully
1: Oh wait I need to I love a cringe And I love mm-hmm. like a I, I don't know And you told a story last week That I've thought of several times And I just like It makes me laugh so hard About when Allison Hannigan was here Oh my gosh <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. And she's sitting exactly where you were, right where you were sitting. I was so uncomfortable. Like and I do these lightning rounds on my show where it's just like I ask quick rapid fire pop culture questions. And I was doing that. And then I had done this question before that was like, what's your favorite snack? Where I I meant like, what's your favorite, like uh, Fritos or Doritos or whatever. And I was doing rapid fire. I was like, what's your favorite Buffy episode? You know, all these rapid things. And then I said, What's your favorite snack? And there were no snacks at the table. And she said, Whatever's in front of me. And I thought she was using snack in like the slang way of being like, You're a (laughs) snack. I thought she was saying like I was a snack, because I was sitting right in front of her, like we are right now. And so I thought she was in a like gay slang way of like, you're a snack, Danny. But what she was really saying was like, No, whatever snack I'm eating at the time. And so she said that, and I was like, Oh my God, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. Like I was like
1: to listen to the audio and being
0: like, like i was like you're, you're, you are so sweet
1: you're touched like you can tell i was, you so, I was
0: like genuinely like oh my god <laughs> Allison hannigan just told me told me i was cute like i, I was so genuinely touched interesting what's your favorite snack mm. uh the one that's in front of me oh whatever, oh my god that was the sweetest thing just whatever i'm eating And then, yeah, I was editing the episode, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like, I was cringing, like, sweating, (laughs) thing. And I, and I, and it didn't even happen. Like, at the time, I just brushed past it in the whole episode. Like, I didn't. So did (laughs) she? Like, everyone. She had a PR person here, and we just, we all went past it. But surely, the PR person was thinking, like, "Oh my god, that's so embarrassing." Danny just thought, like, he got confused. And so, I'm like listening to it back as I'm editing the episode, and I was like. Holy shit. Now you're like ran to My boyfriend and I was like, you gotta hear this. And we both just cringed. And so I cut it out of the episode, but then next the next episode, I explained it because I <laughs> shared it with everyone. But yeah, it was so embarrassing.
1: It, it's so good too that you didn't catch it till playback.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Does that ever happen to you though? Like I, I don't know. I was just in the moment. I, and those because it was in the lightning round of things, it was like I just brushed right past it. For I'm like, hour. you are so sweet. <laughs> oh my God. Allison Hannigan, I can't believe you just called me a snack.
1: <laughs> Gee, I am amazing. Is that you like have celebrities in your home like because you record here I record out of my house too
0: yeah
1: and I mean your place is beautiful so you're very lucky I'm very self-conscious when people come to my house
0: oh well I am too I am very <laughs> self-conscious and it is stressful and I don't love it I love it on the one hand because it's like nice I don't have to leave I can everyone comes here it's very comfortable for me but then I do get self-conscious and I stress about it being clean or or just all of that kind of stuff I don't like that
1: it's, for me, it's like, what am I overlooking in the bathroom that my eyes are used to seeing that mm-hmm. somebody else might be like, that's different.
0: Totally. Well, the, the plus side of that is like I had Jennifer Love Hewitt on the show and she just showed up at my door with a puppy. She had like just gotten a puppy. And I was like, what kind of world am I living in <laughs> that Jennifer Love Hewitt's just at my front door with a puppy? Like it right. was my dream come true as like a... 12-year-old closeted gay boy. I was like, this is the life I was meant to lead. I
1: mean, you fell in <laughs> love with a girl on TV. I
0: did. I truly did. What it's a light.
1: <laughs> the other thing, well, we'll re-Alice and Hannigan too, I think the reason we initially got connected is because I, inspired by um, Barney's uh, hot, crazy scale on How I Met Your Mother, created a housewife's crazy, likable scale that I call the Vicky Gunvalson diagonal of the importance of the ratio between craziness and likability in order to ensure one's trajectory on the series. And, you know, nobody asked for that. It was tepidly received because I like to combine data with pop culture. It helps me really like yeah. understand it. And I don't, I don't know how you found it, but I just remember, you know, you sending me a digital round of applause,
0: which I so appreciated. <laughs> well, everyone was sending it to me though. Cause it was brilliant.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. That's funny. It was great. It's well, it's, you know, 10 minutes long and it is detailed, but that's kind of my style. And I think like when you know so much about it, you need to like synthesize it in a way that almost requires like, like statistics, because Mm -hmm. I really think there are such patterns with like when craziness gets into darkness and there's no turning back Mm -hmm. your, you know, your Kim Richards, your Brandy Glanville's, your Taylor Armstrong's things are just like,
0: it's too dark,
1: too dark. Like I want reality, but really no, I want to watch a bunch of rich people be like very, you know, self-congratulatory and do things I can't do and fight on occasion.
0: Um, I want to back up though and just say that one of the things I love about people or one of the things that I find most attractive in human beings is like when they embrace that, like you had this thought of like, I have all this information in my head. I need to get it out. And I think there's so many people that would just kind of push that out and be like, that's silly. <laughs> and what I love is uh, someone like you or is someone who just embraces that. And it's like, I need to get this on paper and just explore this. And it's okay that I love this and I'm obsessed with this idea. And it's just, I think that's a beautiful thing.
1: Thank you. I, I People think they're complimenting me and they'll say things like, this is exhausting. And I'm like, okay, like, thank you. Um, I get that it's a lot, but yeah, it's like, I think that if I, my theory in life, especially as it comes with like creative projects or content is if like you're, you have an idea and you're in a flow, you drop everything and mm-hmm. you ride the wave because it is so hard to get in a creative space. 100%. And whether it's in the format of, yeah, a plot graph with housewives or like writing another book, just... I like to do it, and then there's always an audience for it, or at least you hope so. And I'm sure, like, when you press send... There's always somebody
0: else that is, like, is either thinking about that thing or they're enamored by that thing that you got out.
1: Right. And it's hard to, like, press send. I mean, when you make a meme and you're, like, alone and don't know if it's actually funny, are you kind of like... Like, I don't know how this is going to (laughs) land.
0: Yeah. You know, I used to be way more self-conscious when I would post memes on my Instagram or whatever. Like I would think this is silly or stupid. And then after a while I didn't care anymore because there's always going to be people that criticize anything. Like I just did those Bravo ASMR videos you mentioned. And it was like, for the most part, you get like a million great messages, not a million, but you get a lot of great messages. And then there's always going to be negative Nancy's or whatever people that try to, make fun of it or take the piss out of it or whatever. And you just have to ignore it. And uh, it sounds so cheesy, but I was watching that Brene Brown special on Netflix. Do you know her?
1: <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I mean, aren't I so vulnerable and authentic right now? She taught me everything I know. <laughs>
0: There's this moment where she says like, and I don't, everyone have to go watch it, but she says something about like the people that are critic. Don't let, don't take in criticism from people that aren't um in the arena with you or something like that. It's like yes. if they're not creating like you can't accept that as criticism because they don't they're not putting themselves out there in the same way.
1: Right. Like don't ask for directions from people who've never been where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Like I love that. It's so true and I think that a lot of people like start and stop stuff that requires putting content out there because you literally have to, like you said you block your mom, right? I block mm-hmm. my husband. You can't see any of my stuff because I, he's not my target market. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, it's stifle your creativity.
1: I just don't need people in my head being like, can you explain who Tom Sandoval is? And like, you mm-hmm. know, why you're comparing his braid to Chris Kirkpatrick of InSync?" <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't
0: know where to like start. Other people will get it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't help you. Okay. So in your, um, on your podcast toward the end, you typically do a lightning round. And What's your I favorite asked, Snack. <laughs> yes, <Sorry>. exactly. <laughs> um, and I asked people in the Facebook group and I asked um, and I just like keep a running list of like all the things that I am interested in that I never have anybody to talk to about when I meet people that are kind of like in the same arena. And um, so I'm just going to ask you like kind of a, a like a 90s, 2000s or just general pop culture, this or that. Perfect. And anything you want to elaborate on by all means. Okay. Um,
0: oh, I'm so excited. because I always do these lightning rounds with other people, but no one ever gives me anything. Right. I'm very excited.
1: And I feel like, you know, you want to be, you want to give people things that they are comfortable answering that they are, aren't, you know, doing for the first time. But I feel like you're a person that I could, you know, th- throw some
0: curveballs at you. Okay, I'm ready.
1: <laughs> um, and I also feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, you're from Ohio.
0: I'm from Ohio, but I lived in Chicago right before I moved to LA. So we were right. talking about that before we started recording. I love Chicago so, so much. I miss it. It was my, my, the best years of my life. I feel like we're in Chicago.
1: I mean, it's it's a great place to be a twenty-something.
0: Mm-hmm. It yeah. was so much fun in it. It's like looking back, sort of the. I was on diversity and Racine, my last place. And I remember I, I temped at an office gig where I would literally, I'd have to be there at six 30 in the morning. And I remember like waiting for the train outside and like, I couldn't afford a car there. So I would have to put on like my long underwear underneath my pants. Cause I would be having to wait outside. <laughs> right. It was like so cold. And then I would get to the office and I'd have to go to the bathroom and, like take off the long underwear. Cause it was hot in the office. Oh yeah. And then I would like go, I did improv and I did Tony and Tina's wedding there at night and, So like every weeknight and weekend night, I was either in a class or performing or whatever. And I was always busy and I look back on it and it seems like it should have been hell, but it was so much fun. Like, I don't know if it was just because I was so young or I don't know what it was. But
1: I know it's like simpler times when the the default setting was things were just hard and
0: it was fine. Yeah, it was like (laughs) it was just it was really a hard time, but also I just look back on it so fondly.
1: Yeah. No, I love so that. it was so cold,
0: but it was, I don't know, it was fun.
1: Well, and from Ohio, people flocked to Chicago.
0: Right, right. It's like an easy easy outlet city. It was like, I, I knew I needed to move to a bigger city, especially at the time when I moved, I wasn't out of the closet. And so I just knew I needed to get to a big city where I could see gay people because I was, I was from outside of Cleveland. Uh, and so I didn't, there just weren't a lot of gay people or gay areas or safe spaces for yeah. me. So I knew I needed to get to a city, but... New York and LA seemed too overwhelming for me, but Chicago seemed doable because there are so many people from the Midwest right, there right. or from Ohio there. And so, yeah, when I got to Chicago, it was like, okay, I felt safe to come out. And then and that's why I look back on that's it finally amazing. too because I felt strong enough to finally like be myself, I guess, in a cheesy way.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, I feel like Chicago... Despite it being in the Midwest, it has such a strong, supportive, amazing LGBTQ community. And was Boy's Town like as big as it is now around oh, then? Yeah,
0: I mean, I remember going to Sidetracks. It's still side my favorite bar. Tracks. Oh my god, it's the best.
1: Show tunes on Friday. Show tunes. Yes. Um, okay. In terms of highly specific, this or that. Okay. In terms of. Um, Uh, creepy songs in retrospect from short-lived bands. Do you prefer O-Town's Liquid Dreams or Soul Decisions Faded?
0: O-Town, Liquid Dreams. And I actually think O-Town released one of the best pop ballads of all time, All All or or Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, like right after Liquid Dreams. But I love (sighs) Liquid Dreams too. And the references in that, you know, Janet Jackson, I mean, Jennifer Love. I mean, there's so many great things.
1: Oh, okay. Funny you say that. On a podcast, I was debating throwing a body like Jennifer – are we talking Love Hewitt or are we talking Lopez? This was 2001.
0: Yeah, I you know I think they kept it open ended. That's my That's theory, but I smart. don't know for I don't know for sure. Yeah. Jennifer, you've got the star of my. Li- I'm trying to think. Right, <laughs>
1: so it's like if Jennifer Love Hewitt was the star of Liquid Dreams and the girl on TV, like wow, I know. I know. And if it's Jennifer Lopez, it would make sense because that was the Versace Deep V year with P Diddy.
0: I know. So, that video I remember, too, it was, like, the worst CGI. Do you remember? Like, oh, it was just the worst CGI. It was very CGI. Alex
1: Mack, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. liquid silver mm-hmm. floating around everywhere, if I remember correctly.
0: I loved O-Town, and actually... I just love them. I had a roommate when I first moved to L.A. who she was obsessed with o Like I'm talking like a teeny bopper way, like in a very unhealthy, like (laughs) weird way. And I would always like I would kind of judge her for it. But then secretly I would like peek out of my room and I'd be like, let's watch the concert special. Oh, yeah.
1: What's APA up to?
0: She was definitely like unstable a little bit. But, you know, I enjoyed it.
1: I'm so happy you bring up All or Nothing. Um,
0: the best, like, can we just say it's like one of the best pop ballads of all time. I'm not talking about just boy bands. I'm talking about like any sort of pop ballad,
1: like Whitney Houston, like I'm dead serious. Like I agree. I, it's actually one of my karaoke songs, which is high risk. Um, but late enough and uh, with the right crowd, it really lands. Oh yeah. People don't see it coming. But the weird thing about all or nothing is it is the exact same melody of, um, Backstreet Boys drowning.
0: Mm, Wow. I never even put that together. Yeah,
1: wow. listen to it after this. It it truly is it kind of blows my mind that it's the same song. And actually, I would Drowning. argue that's... I
0: know that song too, Drowning in... Yellow. Yeah. I can't sing. I'm sorry you I listeners. can't either.
1: <laughs> there was I a long trying. time ago, I was thinking about this today. I was listening to you on somebody's podcast and I was laughing so hard because you kept singing.
0: Um, I'm a really terrible singer.
1: Oh, you were singing from um, I'll Make a Man Out of
0: You. <laughs> you know, that was... When I was in middle school, I was uh, I got a solo in that song and then the choir teacher took it away. They said, nope.
1: Oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> well, thank God. No, no wonder you gave yourself a mic. I know.
0: <laughs> I know. I have weird. to give myself a show because no one else wanted to put me behind a mic.
1: Well, okay. The That's a really popular karaoke song, actually. I'll make a man Out of you. I feel like from I hear Mulan. a lot from mm-hmm. Mulan. Yeah. And that part is tough because you do have to change your voices.
0: Right. Because there's this little breakdown where it's all the characters' voices. But my... P- the part that I was given as a solo was say goodbye to those who knew me. <laughs> and like, I thought, I see, I just hit it. Like, I, you, you didn't I do it? Or, yeah. I hit it, right? Well, apparently, when I was in middle school, they took it away from me. And I didn't realize until years later, I like re-listened to that song, like just sort of recently. And in the song, the guy's voice in the song is like, sing about to those who know me. Like it's like this aggressive, like gravelly voice. It sounds like right. Luanne or something. I don't know. It's right. like this, like marbles in the back of their throat. And I was like, the choir teacher didn't think I could sing that, like that? Like, right. why did they take that away from me?
1: You might've been better suited for like, this guy's got him scared to death. Because I know, that I, guy had right. more of like a like cartoony I know. voice. I see, I...
0: I know. If I could go back in time, I would have requested <laughs> that. But I, I was devastated when they took it away, like right before the concert.
1: That actually is a like really uh, you remember those things like that. Oh, yeah. Pathetic. It never leaves you. Um, I always I got cast as the, a role that I didn't try out for in middle school. And the role title was Valley Girl. And I was kind of like, OK, I actually tried out to be um, King George in the school play about the Revolutionary War in Virginia. Right, so we King like,
0: George just had a Valley Girl in it.
1: Yeah, there was like it was like this modern mashup, and people were like, "So like, why did we go to Boston and drop tea?" It was like so that stupid. That sounds
0: exactly like something that would happen in high school. Like it's yeah. just like yeah, high school theater production. It's like
1: like the music let's teachers are like, gonna modernize right. this. It was terrible. Certain
0: things don't need to be modernized. It's like I know we did that with like Clueless. We updated some, you know, what there's things that are updatable, but we don't need to update King Lear or whatever.
1: Um, okay, so for the better movie about a kid striking it rich, Blank Check or Richie Rich?
0: Blank Check. I right. love Rick, Richie Rich too, but Blank Check was like one of those movies as a kid that I had the VHS and I would watch over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I was like obsessed with it. And actually speaking of Housewives, the female lead in that movie, I forget her name off the top of my head, but she is friends with Carol and she's appeared on Housewives a bunch.
1: No way. Yeah,
0: I can't think of her name, but she when Carol was on, she's appeared like two or three times because she's one of Carol's like real good friends. Uh, and she, uh, Karen Duffy, is that her name? I think. Oh, yeah. interesting. Uh, I didn't pick
1: up on that. What? But
0: she was like the one who inappropriately was like flirting with the young boy in the, throughout the whole movie of blank check. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but and, I love blank check and I wanted that water slide that he had.
1: Oh, the whole backyard was so sick. And in retrospect, it's like a million dollars is literal child's play. Like it, yeah. you wouldn't go that far. You would cash it for way more now. Right. But I know that when I was 12, I'm not sure. But I agree that it is the superior film.
0: And I hate to badmouth anything with Macaulay Calkin because he did such great work as a child. That's true. Home Alone was just uh, revolutionary. <laughs>
1: um, okay, in terms of movies about presidential children, my Date first with the kid. president's daughter or first kid. First kid. Oh my gosh, I'm such an M D W T P D. <laughs> really?
0: Was
1: um, that pink crushed velvet dress and Eric from Boy Meets World?
0: Eric from Boy Meets World, Was yes. her... Was that a Disney Channel original movie, or was that a...
1: I actually do think it was, whereas First okay. Kid I think wasn't. think it
0: was, right. First Kid was released in theaters with Sinbad.
1: Fun fact, it was filmed at my middle school.
0: Oh, interesting. My sister
1: did not get picked to be an extra. <laughs> Another
0: that's tough. Thing. <laughs> yeah, that's Another tough. Um, you know, I just went on this weird binge the other day, like literally the other day where I was in bed, and I wasn't feeling great. I was just having one of those days, and I was like, I'm just going to dive in. To Disney Channel movies and it somehow led me to like, okay, so there's a difference between the Disney Channel original movie and then the Wonderful World of Disney movies. Do you remember those Mm -hmm. would like air on Sunday nights and they would often be like older movies that they would replay on Sunday nights. And then other times they'd be original things like Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston
1: mm-hmm. or
0: I but I so I just sort of got involved in that I was like on YouTube and then I watched the full movie of Toothless which was one of the or one of the first wonderful <laughs> World of Disney movies where it was like Kirstie Alley plays a dent, uh, tooth fairy she's a dentist who hits her head and then becomes a tooth fairy <laughs> <laughs> and it's the most bizarre movie and there's terrible CGI in it but the whole thing's on YouTube and I watched the entire thing like Start to finish.
1: And they're like 47-minute movies, which is kind of funny, too. They go very quickly.
0: Yeah, I mean, they go very quickly. And it moves at a rapid pace, and there's just high comedy. It was so nostalgic, though. Oh, yeah.
1: Was that the same... Was Wonderful World like um, Wish Upon a Star with Katherine Heigl? Do you remember? I'm it was like sure. a. It was like I'm, a yeah, Freaky Friday Yeah, I know, what, I know thing. what the movie you're
0: talking about, but I don't know if that was... I think that was Disney Channel original movie, but maybe... No, maybe I'm wrong.
1: Or maybe Life Size, the Tyra Life Banks Size was...
0: One? Uh, that was ABC. See, it's hard. Yeah, that was... Wait, now I'm getting them mixed up. Life Size. I've seen Life Size a million times, but I can't think of it, it was Disney Channel original movie or Wonderful World of Disney because there was a, a difference. But content-wise, they were all pretty similar. They
1: were all pretty similar. And then there was definitely like an evolution. I feel like at first it was kind of Wish Upon a Star, Teen Witch, Suzy Q, which really scared me about car accidents. Mm. Um, And then it gets into like the, you know, Smart House, 13th Year Brink, Johnny Tsunami. Those were all
0: Disney Channel. That was DCOM. Yeah, that was DCOM. And I loved Smart House so much. And Katie Seagal an amazing actress. She should have, she should be in everything.
1: Well, and she was like in her heyday then, too. And I'm like, I'm amazed she did Smart House.
0: I was amazed at Kirstie Alley doing Toothless. Here she was as the Tooth Fairy. Right. And I was like looking, I was literally on her IMDb because I was trying to figure out like what she was doing at that time. And she was 47 years old.
1: <laughs> I it hate that I
0: remembered. She was 47. She had just done For Richer or Poorer the same year with Tim Allen, which was like a theatrical feature. Ah. But at the time, Disney was like throwing a bunch of money to try to get the wonderful world of Disney back off the ground because they were like rebooting it or whatever
1: anyway. I I,
0: your poor listeners had to just listen to all that Kirstie Alley 1997 no, trivia I'm
1: telling you like this is like 90s is kind of my not my bread and butter but like my audience is the like they spot. live for this stuff
0: Um, don't you feel like we're in such dark times now that it's nice to just dive back into that time period it's like we all want the comfort of it like that's I was having just a rough day mentally that day where I was like I need to just watch this Toothless movie and it just made me feel better
1: 100% like I I know I always tell people like when you're a kid all anybody ever tells you is TV rots your brain but when I was a kid it was like an escape and it helped me learn about the world and learn about how other people lived and I learned a lot about like comedic timing and, mm-hmm. and how through character evolution, like I think that's why I write and I'm creative. And I attribute so much of my uh, positive personality development to watching a lot of content as a child. And I think most people would be like, you need to be, you know, verb, it's what you do, like outside playing. And I just and I didn't want to be outside then. And I don't now.
0: Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Yeah, it's exact like same way. We
1: know know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know
0: what I would have done with pop, without pop culture as a kid and yeah, I mean, especially I hate to go back to the gay thing or whatever, but it was like just seeing it, without pop culture I wouldn't have seen that there were such thing as gay people because there was no one around me that was
1: Oh, without out. the real so, world, I don't think I would have understood it.
0: Right. I mean, real world was so important to me. Yeah.
1: And I mean, I I wasn't allowed to watch real world. Like, you know when you'd sit there and you'd have one thumb on like the back or return buttons in case you're like your parents came in so you mm-hmm. could pretend you were watching something else. Um I you snuck it. I would sneak it and but then I'd also um talk very condescendingly to my mom about like the world issues that she must have not heard of cuz she didn't watch it and I'd be like, "Mom, Ruthie's dealing with alcoholism."
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> like, please. Yeah. Um, or like Tanya has kidney stones and they're extremely painful or <sighs> like I loved I I really only loved um Hawaii.
0: Hawaii was my favorite, like, and that was my first sort of foray into the real world. Was Hawaii.
1: That was tech. Yeah, tech. Ruthie. Ruthie
0: that was when Ruthie got like so drunk, and she's like, "I'm gonna throw this glass," and then she threw it on the floor. Yes. <laughs> and in the premiere, I think they like skinny dip. But then I loved Vegas. Vegas was Ugh. such an important turning point for like reality TV. I think.
1: Oh, hugely. Mm-hmm. And and it's should I ever see Adrienne Malouf, I'm just gonna tell her like. That was the most brilliant product placement in the history of time.
0: Oh, 100% it was so smart especially because it was the Palms is off the strip and I remember as an 18 or 19 year old like my I have two older brothers and we went for their batch, one of my brothers bachelor parties to Vegas and I had like a fake ID and I remember going it was like right after the real world Vegas or like I don't know maybe a few years after but it was still such a huge deal that like the we went to the Palms one night because it's like, that's where the real world was.
1: Oh, yeah. I still want to go to the Palms
0: tonight. Yeah. Is rain
1: still around?
0: I think it. I feel like it is. Or, but it's so far off the strip. Right. It's so far that off. It kind like of that. doesn't
1: feel worth it when you're there. And um, I often think about uh, David from New Orleans, the Come On Be My Baby Tonight. He'd like Come scat on the um, <laughs> Tonight.
0: Yeah. I know. What happened to that song? Is it on iTunes?
1: I actually don't know, but I would love to find that out. And, like, Julie, I learned about Mormons.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so amazing, like, being in a smaller town. Like, you do pick up what people are like from shows like The yeah. Real World.
1: And, I mean, I think, too, for those of us that watch San Diego, uh, the Cam.
0: Cam, go on Southern Charm she, now.
1: She was so delightful then, the braille of it all. Very Brittany mm-hmm. Cartwright, one-syllable words being two syllables. And, um, like, my husband is, like, in love with her because... I think every guy, like, loved her when they were a teenager.
0: She's one of the most beautiful people, like, looking-wise. She's just stunning. And she was so cute at that. She was, like, just a cute kind of girl next door.
1: Yeah. I feel like I, if I go to, like, eat nuggets in a Wendy's parking lot, my husband's like, you're disgusting. But Cameron's, like, stuffing nugs in her mouth and complaining about motherhood. And he's like... (laughs) She is so funny. Cameron's <laughs> always
0: doing that with like food stuff where she's pretending she's eating like a pig. And it's like, I don't b- buy it. Like you maybe are it. doing it on camera, but like enough is enough.
1: I <laughs> like agree.
0: Like she's trying to do bits, I think.
1: I know. I see right through I it. See I see right through agree. Um, This is incredibly random. But if you had to pick one, Angelica Pickles, Angelica Skyler or Angelica Houston.
0: Angelica Pickles. And Angelica Houston, I hate to do this to you. I mean, but Angelica Pickles, I was obsessed with Rugrats too. And I recently w- rewatched those films. <laughs>
1: did you really? I
0: did. Re- well, I watched the first one. I shouldn't say the films. I didn't rewatch Rugrats in Paris, but I did rewatch the Rugrats movie. <laughs> I didn't rewatch the <laughs> Wild Thornberries crossover film either. But I watched the original oh God, movie, no. which do you remember? The, my favorite part of that whole experience was that Maya Mace song. Take me there. Which I wonder how much they threw at them to do with that because it's like, does not fit their brands.
1: No, but it's kind of a good song.
0: It's a good song, yeah. But the video is insane. It's all, was crazy.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, when you're trying to, you know make a splash in the hip-hop R&B scene to make a video with cartoon babies.
0: It <laughs> very bizarre. <laughs> it was very and you know bizarre. they're rebooting or rem- they're doing like a Rugrats movie where it's live-action hybrid, so the babies are going to be CGI, and it's like I cannot even imagine what that looks like.
1: Ally McBeal, like I, relax I, I the know, babies. Like, <laughs> I
0: need to see like what's happening. I don't know if they've, they haven't released anything about it yet other than like that they're doing it, and it's like I need to see a still frame. I can't even imagine what this is going to look like.
1: I don't need that at all. No. And I have trouble with reboots. And it's funny because I com- I complain about reboots a lot because I th- think it, new writing talent, new, new ideas need, need a chance. And I think reboots work sometimes, but I feel like it also is very uncreative. However, I do love to revisit that stuff, and it's so joyful to me. But I think if you're really into pop culture, the reboots often feel like cliches, mm-hmm. so they don't excite you, Right, if that makes sense. But oh, totally. My bigger takeaway from Rugrats movie, too, was... Um,
0: my bigger <laughs> takeaway, can we just back up for a second? My bigger takeaway from the Rugrats movie is Cynthia the sentence song
1: to uh uh one way or, or another. Th- it was like Cynthia. Oh <laughs> Cynthia. Cynthia. I loved that song. Um okay, Mary Shag kill Draper James, Uncommon James, or James May?
0: Okay, wow, that's a great question. Um oh my god, this is tough. Okay, kill uncommon James, because I have a problem with that show, and I've watched every episode of Very Cavalry, but I have a problem with it. I just don't like it. And my friends were on the first season, and that she fired them. Shannon. Well, I was friends with Taylor, who was like Shannon's friend. Oh yeah, the one and who got pregnant. She got pregnant, and one of my best She's friends too. is his is the guy who got her pregnant. They're married now. Oh, amazing! Guys. So I grew up with Mike, uh, like literally since we were kids. And we lived together in LA, and I love Taylor, his wife now. Um, but they, and Taylor was best friends with Shannon, who yeah. they, they got rid of both of them. And I was like, why did they get rid of both of them? Because it was like the whole storyline of the first season was them, but then they tried to pivot in the second season, and then it was so boring. And I don't know. They so- have
1: nothing without Shannon. There's not enough conflict, and I don't care.
0: And I know people hated Shannon, like people didn't like her, but it was like, Neither. well, you need to show. And then the second season, they try to lean into the, like the Jay stuff and the family vibe. Right. And it was like, they were doing bits with like animals with Jay and it was like, you, they're not showing yeah. her family. So it's like, we can't have more family time if you're not willing to show the kids. Right. So it doesn't make any sense to me why a producer's not like, why we're not going to lean into your family life unless you're willing to show us the children.
1: I honestly think that's my big hangup that I maybe didn't realize until now is that just, you know, out of respect for how much reality characters have to put themselves out there to make a good show... To just feel entitled to it's bullshit. It's, like, it's bullshit. it's
0: bullshit. Like show your and I get also not wanting to show your kids. If I was in that position, I wouldn't want to show my kids either. But it's like then we don't have a fucking then show. Like we show. don't have a show. The work life now is so boring because they got rid of the interesting people at the work life. And so we have half of a show at work with nothing going on, and then half a show with the family where we're only showing like a small part of it. It's like the most bizarrely produced show I've ever reality show I've ever seen. And somehow it got picked up for another season. It makes no sense. Because of J. I did watch every episode <laughs> i've watched every I, single um, one went to
1: a live premiere party with the cast but <laughs> yeah. <it was> garbage
0: <laughs> yeah I, it's like you know here we are but it's still I i'm met offended Taylor. she was lovely she's great so she's beautiful. they're so sweet so beautiful and mike is one of my very best friends and they showed their that's at the season one finale they showed them getting engaged and I know. and she was pregnant and it's like so you showed that storyline and now you're just dropping it in favor of like Jay looking at llamas or something. Yeah. Like, and then also I think I'm pissed about the Hills connection because now we got the Hills reboot coming and Kristen can't do it because she's doing the Cavallari show and it just bothers me. It's like, shouldn't E let her do the Hills, do an episode of the Hills reboot, but they're right. blocking her from doing any of the Hills reboots. And I think she also has some say in that and I've heard things. And Interesting. I don't know.
1: I know. I honestly think it's just because people think Jay Cutler's funny, but I think the first season he wasn't trying this season. He wasn't like saying funny things in the background. He was like in the forefront, like opening a butcher shop.
0: "Eh." It's so stupid. I know. And Jay was very likable the first season, but then they tried too hard to do more of that. It's like, then it was overproduced, and it was, right. it was so bizarre. I thought, like, who's putting this show on? But E's reality shows, like, are a mess in general. Like, aside from the Kardashians, it's like, I don't know what's going on. Some of those other shows that they put on them. Oh, I know. You know. My boyfriend loves the um, the Bella Twins show.
1: Oh, I see. I won't watch, I watch that. that. I don't watch Total Bellas, and I won't watch something, Total Somebody Divas, and Nicole. Yeah.
0: He likes those ones because he loves wrestling.
1: But I, Interesting.
0: I've dipped in and out a little bit. They're not horrible, but... He loves them, so maybe they're great.
1: I heard you say something about your boyfriend recently that made me laugh because I've never heard somebody say these words. You said he was Team
0: Jolie. I know, I know. I did say that. Did you go to
1: Kitson and buy the truly, shirt?
0: It's truly like one of the things that is a problem between us forever and for always because he's always been Team Jolie and I'm Team Aniston as a normal human being should. Well,
1: right. Yeah. I mean, what argument is there for Team Jolie? You know, he
0: always likes, I in general, he tends to like like the like more asshole person. So even speaking of Kristen Cavallari, it's like if you were to say Team Kristen or Team LC, he's Team Kristen and I'd be Team LC. So it's just, I don't know, maybe it's opposites of track, but he always seems to like the, um, the meaner person.
1: Okay, so that means you're gonna shag James May. He's
0: yes, a so sexy, wait, so okay, name. so we didn't finish this. So Shag James May and then um Kill and Common James. Kill and Common James, what was the other one? Draper James. Ja- Draper Reece, James. Reece, yeah. Oh me? yeah, I would definitely marry Draper James, for sure. I have Reese's book right there.
1: Oh and you have Cravings by Chrissy Teigen.
0: I know I have both Cravings books. All oh, my cookbooks are up there. The Reese Witherspoon book is the most bizarre book I've ever seen in my life. Like there's no real through line. <laughs> it's just like random recipes and then like party ideas. It is then there's playlists. Like literally there's pages of just like here's a good playlist and it's huh. just song titles which is just clearly to fill up the pages of this book she had to get to word count which I understand but it's so bizarre. There, like no one else besides Reese Witherspoon would have been able to put out that book because it's just a random collection of nonsense.
1: Is it considered a memoir?
0: No, it's like, um, it's considered, I guess like it would be cookbook because there's a lot of recipes, but <laughs> it's not a cookbook in the traditional sense. I... I love Reese Witherspoon and I love the book too, but I'm just saying it's no one else would have released it.
1: Um, I, I pitched a cookbook to Bravo a housewives themed cookbook called you're not a chef you're a cook 42 delicious and pernicious recipes it was like this whole thing with these housewives food puns and I actually got like a a little bit of traction on it and I was very proud of it but it did not go through it didn't
0: go I you know I pitched a similar book to my (laughs) I had my agent took out a similar book and we didn't sell it It, it,
1: people just don't get it and maybe
0: we were competing against each other
1: uh, probably Maybe that's
0: probably what happened. They were both like, there's too many people that want this idea. Oh,
1: or like, um, my biggest thing is I really wanted there to be a prostitution or <laughs> funny because it looks like horse. Um, I that's could go so on and on funny. about housewives food puns. Cause that's how I spend my time. <laughs> um, okay. What's the better jingle mentos or bagel bites?
0: Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time, summertime, summertime, um, bagel <laughs> bites for sure. Wait, what was the other one?
1: Uh, The Mentos freshness for our lives. Mentos, Mentos the Mentos reminds
0: me of Clueless, the scene with Ty. Um, But I love Bagel Bites. but you know, have you seen Pen Fifteen? It's the
1: best. It's the best 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 thing I've ever seen.
0: Um, One of my favorite moments is when uh, Anna's (laughs) singing the Bagel Bites. (laughs) Yes, at the table. I think that's why I thought of it.
1: Um, Well, I think Bagel Bites had the better jingle. Mentos had the better um, story arcs and commercials because there was one where this guy was wearing a suit and he sits on like a picketed bench and then gets pinstripes on the back. And then he just paints it on the front and he's like, I have a pinstripe suit now. And it was like, adapt to your life. Eat Mentos. And I was just like, wow. Like they just don't make them like this anymore, you know? Right.
0: And Mentos had more traction in the greater pop culture atmosphere. Like we said Clueless, but also wasn't there a Foo Fighters song that like was the video was something about Mentos.
1: Wow, I have no idea. Yeah,
0: I don't know if it was Foo Fighters. Maybe it's uh, somebody might be shouting a correction at me, but I, there was a music video where at the end, it was like, Mentos, but, you know?
1: <laughs> Foo Fighters and Mentos I think strikes more strange to me than Maya and Rugrats. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, the but 90s were bizarre. I
1: look forward to that. Um, I'm also obsessed with this jingle in a commercial nobody ever remembers, but it was this game called Crossfire, and it's these... It's crossfire. Like, uh,
0: yeah, I had a Cross Crossfire. Yeah, I, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, the little... It had, like, little um, marbles... My yeah. brother actually like got it for me recently for Christmas, like maybe three or four years ago, and we played it like all Christmas Day at the Crossfire.
1: Okay, I've been trying to find the right context and to make a Crossfire, crossfire. meme. Crossfire. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I
1: know. Like, but, and then at the end, like fire. this um, hair band, like, Crossfire.
0: Yes. Like like the oh, end, that was you know? a good jingle. I'm yeah. glad you remind me of that, but also upset because now it'll be in my head all week. Oh, it's, yeah. Crossfire. Well, you,
1: it's been in my head for a long time. You
0: know what I realized last night is that Sarah McLachlan song, in the arms, yeah. Of, that song has not left my head. Like I sing it once a day, like, and I don't know for ten years now or something. Is it the like I don't know what it is. It's never left my head. Like I, it doesn't bother me anymore. I think I'm just used to it. But every night before bed or something, like I'll just start singing it. I'm like, it's never left my head. Like since it came out in '98 or whatever, it's like I can't stop it.
1: Well, and it's a real source
0: of it's so depressing. It's a real
1: melody of of true misery. Whether it's the animals and the ASPCA commercials or just like. I can't even think of another context where that's been used unless it were like in a really sad slideshow.
0: It's always depressing. It's yeah. always
1: depressing. It just plays
0: in my head all, all times.
1: That isn't it weird how like yeah. you have these like almost bits in your head. That yeah. Like
0: that no one else would really get like, <laughs> yeah. I'm explaining to you now, but it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't have any reason for it being in my head. Like I don't <laughs> see it all the time. It literally is the only person that reminds me of it is myself.
1: Honestly, that makes perfect sense to me. And honestly, that's how I feel about Crossfire. Because
0: Cross anytime fire. people are, like, fighting, I'm <laughs> Crossfire? <laughs> that's funny.
1: Um, okay. Uh, and I don't know if other people play these or if these are universal, but in terms of elementary school rainy day activities, Silent Speedball or Heads Up 7-Up?
0: Heads Up 7-Up was the best. Did yeah. you play
1: Silent Speedball? No more talking, no more fun. Silent Speedball has begun. I don't think I played that And no. you're, like, in a circle, and you literally just, sh- like, Throw a ball at a classmate as hard and fast as you can. It's terrifying. No, I definitely didn't play okay, that. Okay, yeah. I hated it.
0: But I loved 7-Up. H-
1: what was the premise of it? Like,
0: of 7-Up? You, the- you
1: put your head down and your thumb up, and there's somebody at the front of the class, and I, they, it's like tag?
0: I don't remember. Was I don't remember. I don't when remember they, either. Didn't they like tap seven people? On, am I making the number up? They would tap certain people on the head, and then like... If you got tapped, I don't
1: remember. Oh, and then the person at the front almost had to guess by your expression, like yeah, who maybe. got picked. I remember trying to be like, don't smile or laugh. Mm-hmm, I think that mm-hmm. might have been it, but I did love that game. Um, okay.
0: thought that was fun. I miss the youth.
1: <laughs> I do too. Okay. Um, Tim Allen's Jungle to Jungle or Brendan Fraser's George of the Jungle?
0: Brendan Fraser, just because he was so hot in that. Like, Mimi my...
1: Siku was like the hottest guy of the 90s from Jungle right. to Jungle though.
0: Oh, I don't know. See, I had Brendan Fraser did it for me and. In George really? of the Jungle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You big bedazzled guy?
0: I don't know what it was. I think I had a crush on him in Encino Man. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yeah.
1: Courtney loves Encino Man. <laughs> and I think
0: it's so good. I know, Courtney. It's amazing. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think something about him. And I, it's still, I mean, I, he not not still with Brendan Fraser, but still looking back at George of the Jungle.
1: Yeah, no, He that was his true heyday. And it's been very sad to hear. Like, Yeah, he's it, had a rough go. He's had a rough go. And um, I... I just, I think Jungle to Jungle is the
0: best fish out of water story. If you're a big Jungle to Jungle stan. I get it.
1: Oh, the biggest. I loved Mimi Siku. I thought he was so hot. He was like, he had long hair. He was, I mean, in retrospect, I'm like, I wonder if that would hold up like as in political correctness. Because it was very much making fun of like his tribe and island and mm-hmm. whole thing. But when you think about being a high powered executive and finding out. You have a child on a remote island who's Ooh, going to come live with you. <laughs> that would be a journey.
0: It's a That would be a wild ride. Yeah.
1: I, I I think I also love fish out of water stories. Um,
0: I'm trying to, I'm now I'm just replaying that movie in my head, but uh, the image of Brendan Frazier as George's Jungle just keeps popping in my head and interrupting.
1: What? It. Was that the watch out for that tree?
0: Watch out for yeah. that tree. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and
0: Leslie Mann was in it. Was she? She was like the female lead. Yeah.
1: I think she's Cameron Eubanks levels of perfectly cute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: I, I just find her to be very endearing. Um, okay, from the holiday. No, you're. Nancy oh, I love Meyer's the holiday. Stand, I could talk about holiday all the live long. Sophie or Olivia?
0: Oh God! Oh my God, <laughs> Sophie. Wait, let me think. <laughs> These questions are thinkers. I just love. Can we just talk about the holiday for a second? Like it's just so pleasant. It's but I do have film. one issue with the holiday. And that is, I think Jack Black is miscast.
1: I literally have here, do you think Jack Black was the right 100% choice?
0: 100% miscast to me. I feel like there are two egregious Nancy Myers miscastings. One is Jack Black in The Holiday. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they needed somebody else. He doesn't fit. And I, I don't dislike Jack Black. I just, he doesn't do anything for me in that movie.
1: The second I've, one, tell me the movie title, but not the person. And I want to see if I can guess.
0: Um, the second one, wait, I just, oh, the the second one, you want the movie title? Mm-hmm. The Bewitched remake, also Nancy Myers.
1: Oh, oh! I do not know who's miscast. So that. that's
0: Will Ferrell's miscast. He plays Darren in it. Oh, you're and Nicole Kidman whoa. is so good in that role. And it's it's like a not great movie. Like it's whatever. But I feel like if they had someone else besides Wilfair, like they needed a handsome leading man that like we can all swoon over. And like, I love Wilfair. He's hilarious and brilliant, but he's not someone I'm like swooning over. And that's how I feel about Jack Black too. It's like maybe some people swoon, but he didn't make me swoon in the holiday at all. Like Jude Law on the holiday. I mean, come on. I mean, the hottest,
1: everything Jude Law has ever done wrong goes out the window when he stumbles in that adorable Mm. cottage. And, He's just like, glasses. should I frequent the local pub and get inordinately pissed? Uh, I just love how he talks. Belt. Um I think well I ask about Sophie and Olivia because Olivia did a full Taylor Momsen. And have you seen her recently? No. Wait, She's a will full you tell me? on goth.
0: She teen. is. Yes.
1: And it's very what? sad. And while she was like the quippier one in the film, Sophie was obviously like, you know, the adorable, like the three musketeers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but Olivia was we can push our beds together. So really Olivia's very
0: goth right now.
1: And Olivia's goth and <sighs> it, it was hard wow. to see. She doesn't really act anymore, but she they were those girls were so cute. Adorable, yeah. The Mr. Napkin had a They it weren't all.
0: miscast.
1: They were not miscast. No. The well what I also love about
0: The Holiday Cameron Diaz is like I love her to death and I I'm not even going to say it. I'm embarrassed to say it, but I was going to say she's maybe also a little miscast, but I love her. I don't I take it back.
1: Oh, I. No. <laughs> Take it back. Okay. It's. I think what's tricky is it's hard to discern between is she miscast or was her character just given the worst dialogue? Yeah, you're right. Because in that breakup scene, she's like. In the world of love, Ethan, and she, it's just like stuff people don't say. Some of the acting,
0: say. some of the act, but I, but don't you feel like Kate Winslet? I, obviously, Kate Winslet couldn't play both roles, but if she could, I feel like she would be able to sell those lines a little bit better. Because Kate Winslet oh. has weird dialogue in The Holiday too, but for some reason, maybe she's just such a good actress. I hate that I even said that about Cameron Diaz because she's an icon, queen, legend. We but all know that. I know, but I did. But maybe a little miscast.
1: She's well. I think she's the right character for like an Amanda Woods ditzy type that needs to almost find her own depth throughout the story. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kate Winslet, I think everybody's kind of watching it for her character because we all can identify with unrequited love. Mm-hmm. We can all identify with like, you know, wanting to befriend your local elderly neighbor. That's ignoring an accolade from a trade <laughs> organization, you mm-hmm. know, like very realistic circumstances. But I like love actually movies like that. The swap between stories can be a little hard to follow, mm-hmm. but that one I just, yeah, I could never say enough things. It's my favorite movie of all time. The I holiday.
0: Walked yeah. out of the theater yeah. and I was like,
1: "What just happened?" I know, and
0: I feel bad that I even spoke negatively because it is a perfect movie. And also, Cameron in that grocery store scene is amazing.
1: And yes. when she's when she's There's, drunk you
0: know, alone singing the killer, it's like there, she does amazing work in it. There's just maybe a couple scenes where you're like, "Oh."
1: It's it, yeah, I completely agree with you, and I don't think you're out of turn. And I would say it's the, the beginning of it's really tough for me. And yeah. it's funny now to see whenever you look back at movies and see like um, John Krasinski and like such a small role as like her movie trailer editor. Yeah, and yeah. And now he's like, you know, a big star. Um,
0: and then it's complicated too. He has like a little tiny role as oh one of God. Meryl's uh, daughter's husband or whatever.
1: He's my number one. Yeah, pass. I love him so much. Um, okay. I'm just going to keep... Do you mind if I just keep playing through keep questions? Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, Please. What was more scarring for you in school? Family Life, Sex Ed, or Dare? And did sex, you have both of those uh, things?
0: I guess Sex Ed. Sex Ed. Yeah, it was... I don't know. I don't find that either one is very scarring, but the, the, I don't really remember anything that sticks out from Dare, but I do remember Sex Ed being like a little awkward. I, and I yeah. mostly was awkward. I remember this guy, Brian, that I went to school. I remember in sixth grade, he like fainted in the middle of sex ed. So that's just like what comes to mind. Like he fainted. in But I don't remember uh, any of like the lessons that's being that's like...
1: like a Brian thing to right? do. It
0: was like <laughs> Brian fainted in the, the middle of the lesson. It was this guy, Brian. And so that sticks out. But I don't remember anything from Dare sticking out. The most thing, the thing about drugs that I remember most from the 90s is that video. And I don't know, you probably remember it where it was like all the cartoon all-stars came together. I think it was called... Cartoon All Stars, and it was like Alf, the Muppet Babies, uh, <laughs> Smurfs—like it was like all of these cartoons from the all hitters. the diff- all the heavy hitters <laughs> from that time. They all got together for this cartoon where like this one guy started smoking, and they had to like stop him from getting high all the time. It's like, what? Yeah, it was called Cartoon All Stars.
1: But it was a but it was a drug episode of cal- was, cult- Cartoon n- All Stars. It was like a
0: very special no. There, so it was just something independently produced like a movie but I think it was it wasn't a full length it was maybe like 40 minutes or something and it was called Cartoon All-Stars and they had all the cartoon characters but it's even like Alf wasn't a cartoon character but he was animated in this I think he did have a cartoon at one point but you know so it was like Garfield and Ninja Ninja Turtles and they all got together to stop this kid from like doing too much weed (laughs) like i that's all that's coming in my head but i remember like being obsessed with it because as a pop culture junkie even as a kid i was like obsessed with the idea that like all these characters came together even though they were like in different franchises or whatever yeah so yeah that's how i have to find
1: that yeah i wonder like i don't even really know what i'd type in like
0: cartoon all-stars that's what it's called it'll it'll show up like it'll for sure i don't know if it's available to like buy i'm sure it's all on youtube
1: yeah, it's probably Cartoon like, a, like a laser disc i have to buy off of ebay <laughs> no like well, i ask cuz i find that depending on where you're from everybody's sex ed was so different i think it's really interesting mm-hmm. especially in the 90s when we like weren't really woke about any of these things and ours was disgusting and it was like they showed us close ups of every single std
0: oh my god like on real that.
1: humans and compared it to food
0: that's disgusting that would have been and triggering I'm not tell that would have been tough what
1: the, each disease looks like food wise <laughs> Because Please I stop. still can't eat a lot of these. Movies. Oh my god! I just like dare skate the dare the scared the crap out of me. And like, um, they, like they are, to me my memory is very cartoony in that they'd show a guy like in the back alley on the street smoking dope, and he had like yeah like the Linus smelly um, lines coming off of him, and like his life was ruined. And I was just like, oh okay, my god! Okay, but you're
0: literally describing a scene from Cartoon All Stars, so I feel like it's floating around oh, in your brain somewhere. Okay, so maybe that's I what feel I feel like I it's <laughs> That's like literally the climactic scene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it's just, uh, I feel like you've seen it. It's like through osmosis. You've seen it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Something about some cartoon I saw. and Okay. Now that you're saying That's that. It. Yeah. It made me be like, it actually like through, stuck with me throughout life. It's just like, I don't want, to be a deadbeat. And that's, like, the message I got. Wow.
0: You watched it. You just don't remember
1: it. I'm, I'm way too impressionable by these things. I'm just very scared of getting in trouble in Yeah, <laughs> I was never,
0: I've never been a drug person. Like, even to this day, it's like I've never really tried many drugs at all. And I don't, I'm too naive. Like, I just, I can't tell if people are on drugs. So, like, sometimes if you'll find out, or especially when yes. I was younger, it's like, so-and-so was on Coke all night. And it's like, what? Like, I didn't even know
1: that. Ooh, like, so I don't yeah. even know the
0: signs to, like, look for, I guess, or
1: that happened to me recently and I was having this great time and I'm like always trying to make new friends as an adult which is very difficult I don't know a lot of people in Chicago and I was having a great time and they the people left and I was like oh my god that was amazing like BFFs and they're like she was like they were so coked up all night they went to the bathroom four (laughs) to six times and I'm like oh I thought they loved me yeah
0: yeah (laughs) I thought they were just like really energetic
1: it was very disappointing um what was your aim screen name
0: uh, mine was very boring. It was Pellegrino Forty Eight, and I'm not proud of this, <laughs> but I remember this is how lame I am. I remember being young and thinking I'm going to have that for life. Like I had this conversation with my friend friends Adam and Jake. Like I remember sitting there we were all creating our screen names and they were doing like crazy you know like I don't know like magician or (laughs) eight magician crossfire (laughs) with like all different letters or something and I remember thinking like you guys this is gonna be with you forever like I'm gonna do something tame and so Pellegrino was taken or something so I did Pellegrino 48.
1: But like that's pretty astute of you at a young age because I think that's the great error everybody made when Gmail came out to not grab
0: first out last
1: like first i mean like i my gmail was
0: what was your aim
1: my e i had several i would go through phases and i often would change my screen names because i didn't want my friends to know i was online Mm -hmm. um i had blue eyes 878 i had katie may 87 i had one that was crazy in (laughs) kule k-r-a-z-y-n-k-e-w-l naturally sure um, I dunno, two Oh two four. I dunno. <laughs> That's funny.
0: <laughs> um, I dunno.
1: I had a lot. Um, and I was, I don't know why I was always reinventing myself, but I think like, you know, it was such a matter of identity that sometimes mm-hmm. I wanted to change it up. Mm-hmm. And also I wanted ways to see if my crush was online without knowing he, him knowing I was online. So then you're strategic about the times you sign mm-hmm. on and it doesn't look like you're waiting for them. Right been playing the game for a while yeah now.
0: <laughs> I miss these days like just hearing you talk about it I'm like oh my god those were just the best days
1: I would run away from my computer I'd minimize all the windows and then when the windows would blink in the bar of like windows 97 or whatever when it blinked you knew they were responding and there's like the noise obviously but I never really wanted to wait and so I just kind of it's kind of like the blackberry red light going mm. off for like a phantom buzz in your pocket from your phone waiting for somebody to respond mm-hmm. is the exact is a universal experience I've felt since AIM. And
0: isn't, it was so weird at that time. It was also new, like the idea of even texting or being able to, right. it's like, that was such a new phenomenon. And to be experiencing this new thing, like we're probably around the same age, it's like to be experiencing it uh, as that, like when I got AIM, my I didn't have it on my computer, but my friend did in like seventh or eighth grade-ish. And so it was like experiencing that as you're coming to age and like this whole- oh, yeah. Is happening in the world, this technology boom is
1: that's why. Like, are you technically a millennial? I'm like on the cusp. Yeah,
0: I was I'm in I was born at the end of 85.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm 87. Yeah. Aren't we like isn't it like technically
0: I think it's like 81 or something. Oh, or, really? Yeah, it's like very early. But I mean that's 85. like technically, but um Yeah, okay. but I don't really think of myself as like a millennial.
1: I don't it's funny because when people talk about millennials, I think they're actually talking about Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And millennials are the great generation because we, I think if you, if you only got like a phone when you were 16, just for safety reasons that you couldn't text or use the internet on, you're a very balanced person because we grew up very wholesomely with minimal communication and had to like really work for things and like call people's landlines Mm -hmm. and, you know, ask their mom if they could play and like,
0: and we could still play outside. Like it wasn't my nieces and nephews, like it's not safe for them to just be playing outside or even though they live in a nice neighborhood, it's just, that's not what kids do now. And my parents would just, like, let us go. They'd be, like, come back by 11. Like, as kids, we would be out in the neighborhood. We used to play hide-and-go-seek in the dark in the neighborhood, and we lived on, like, a busy street, but it didn't matter. Like, all the parents would just let their kids right. outside, or we would camp outside without the parents. And I don't know. There was, it was an easier time, and there wasn't the technology. Right. We weren't tied down from technology, but we still got to experience it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, like, I think that we're kind of over-trivialized as being uh, – Very like flaky and surface, and being obsessed with our phones and all this stuff. But I actually think there's a ton of more depth to millennials than anybody gives credit for, and that more hardworking. I agree. Yeah. I think the careers are different, but just because it's different, does it in new doesn't mean it's wrong. I think people are very quick to trivialize any internet job, any influencer job, whatever. And I'm like, it's newish within the past decade, so people make fun of it, but. There, those people are going to be laughing all the way to the bank.
0: <laughs> right. I know. P- uh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that goes into all of that. Like, so e- much. all of the influencer stuff, like uh, just even making memes and stuff on Instagram, like it, you can look at it and be like, oh, that's silly. Like, it probably takes them two seconds or something. But it takes, all of it takes like way more time than anyone thinks. And you're also constantly doing it. And you're right. it, there's a lot to it.
1: Was the game you played out in the dark Ghost in the Graveyard?
0: We used to play that. Yeah. But I, we mostly played Hide and Go Seek in the Dark. And, um, it was similar. We had, like, made up neighborhood rules, but it was similar to Ghost in the Graveyard. Yeah, I have yeah, a neighborhood yeah. there like oh, Yeah. For yeah.
1: sure, <laughs> for sure. People just used it in my group to, like, make out with Boys in the Bushes.
0: Oh, yeah. And what was the... Did you ever play Capture the Flag? We still oh, love yeah.
1: that. Capture the Flag is stressful. With those boundaries, you can't... Yeah. That oh, were always God. very tricky to demarcate, I thought. But also, I just, like... I don't know. I I wanted to be a part of it, but I didn't really want to be like spearheading those games. Mm -hmm. You know, you just didn't want to be left out. But like in those days, did you, I always joke that I kind of like picked my friends based on who had the best snacks.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Like whose parents (laughs) were
1: the least involved. Like all the stuff I couldn't do. I'd be like, you have a trampoline. Like
0: Like we're friends. Yeah. You're allowed to drink soda
1: on weekdays. Like we're good. I
0: remember my friend, He used to be able to get the Cheetos paws. Like, do you remember the Cheetos? Like, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. And he would have, like, those, or he'd have Gushers (laughs) or Dunkaroos and, like, all those snacks. that Like, my mom would never buy any of that stuff. Like, she would give always, like, the off-brand shit because we didn't have any money. And so it would always be, like, just that giant, like, Size of cheese puffs, but they were like generic. And then my friend would have the Cheetos Paws like individual bags. And I remember going to his house and thinking he was like so fucking rich. I was like, (laughs) he's so wealthy. Like he has the Cheetos Paws.
1: (laughs) You're just like they are the full like Edward Scissorhand of Bugles. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Like I remember (laughs) one time like I I don't know if he like left a bag over my house or somehow like I had gotten in touch with the bag of Mm -hmm. Cheetos Paws and I brought him to school the next day for lunch. Like packed in my lunch and I thought I was like I thought I was like a king (laughs) like i was so wealthy and like they weren't even mine somebody left them at my house or something and i went i thought that that day for lunch i'll never forget it
1: i mean it's like yeah dunkaroos were pricey and i didn't get that i wasn't given icing for lunch i mean my god i
0: know the closest i'd get is like a graham cracker and my mom would put some like old frosting on it
1: oh my god a graham cracker (laughs) those graham crackers tried so hard to be an adequate dessert And they just never were.
0: I know they never worked. We used to get them in safety town. I don't know if you went to safety town, but I remember the lunch for safety town was like a graham cracker and a little tiny paper cup of lemonade. (laughs) Safety town was like, (laughs) I don't know if everyone had this, but we would go and learn just about crossing the street. Like we would go in preschool and I don't know. It was like a a three week course on learning about crossing the street and like how cars work. And I don't know. Was that
1: cross guard training? Like, did you have, did you ever wear an orange belt and, and help kids cross the crosswalk?
0: I do. I did that, but this was like before, This was like way young, like like preschool ages, just to learn about like vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> I think like I'm now. I'm rethinking all of the stuff that we're talking about. I'm like. I have these <laughs> memories are popping up in my head. I'm like, what was real? What was not <laughs> so like <there> <laughs> what happened?
1: Honestly, that happens to me all the time. I never know if it's my memory, my friend's memory. If I saw it on television, <laughs> No,
0: I don't know a safety town. Like I'm talking about, I'm like, did that happen to me? Like, did I make that up? I think it happened, but yeah. I don't remember exactly what it was for. It
1: kind of sounds like a boy band name.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, when you're, this is specific, but I've experienced, quite, experienced this quite a bit. Um, when your parents wouldn't buy you, or music. Would you go listen to demo tapes at the Barnes and Noble or like the Borders? Do you remember how you could go in the back and listen to the chorus?
0: I do remember that. And I did do that. And I worked at a Borders and it was my favorite job of all time. I worked at a Borders in high school. I would do, um, I would work holiday season there.
1: Oh, great time. Throughout high school
0: and college. And I love Borders. And my favorite movie of all time is You've Got Mail. And I was obsessed with bookstores back then mm. and, and I remember, books. I know. And I remember like the going back and putting those CD or the headphones on, yeah, which were probably so gross in retrospect. Oh, gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would, you would be able to listen just like a little snippet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was like, that's one of my, fa- the, my most sensory memories is like either taping like Casey Kasem's top 40. So I could make sure I had all this, the, the tunes. We usually only top 10 and also like if I didn't have enough money in my allowance, like my parents weren't just going to like buy me CDs. So I'd be like, okay, can you just drop me at the Barnes and Noble? And I just like go <laughs> like, from go stool listen. to stool to stool and just be like Mariah Carey oh one sweet God. day in the studio, like living my best life. And it's just like a fond memory that I, a lot of people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Cause they're, like they just bought CDs yeah, you, and people
0: <laughs> forget those. You just forget. Totally. I went in a, a rabbit hole online recently where I was just like looking up Googling pictures of borders, bookstores, because like, I wanted to remember what they look like, which is crazy. And I was like looking, then I somehow I ended up on eBay and I was like trying to f- find like borders merch, which was a weird thing. I don't, I'm not proud of it, but
1: I loved <laughs> borders. Barnes and nobles are a little ostentatious for me. Yeah, And I think borders really kept it low key and they've, they folded before there's still a Barnes and Noble near me in yeah, Chicago. There's and one here too. I kind of think we're going full circle as a society and we need more third places.
0: Yeah. Like I think sit. I actually, for a while I thought Barnes and Noble would for sure close. And now I'm on the other end of that where I'm like, maybe they'll stay open because people are going back to buying books a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but there was not a Barnes and Noble in my town. We only had a border. So that's why I guess I always think about that. And also speaking of, going back to the gay thing. I remember like sneaking into uh, borders and like getting gay magazines. And it was like, I would like go sneak to the table and and read them or whatever. And it was just like, it was the only way to... Reading
1: magazines is huge at bookstores. Yeah.
0: I would collect a lot and then I would put like a a GQ in front like so I would get all the gay ones and then I would like get <laughs> a GQ or book. something and I put it in top and then I would go to the corner and like I wouldn't read the GQ or, or the car magazine <laughs> I would just read the gay ones
1: oh yeah i girls did that like I did that too with like YM or 17 or Cosmo because I wasn't allowed to get them but I wanted to read the articles like you know like what's this stuff in my underwear? And it's like, yeah. girls, it's a period. And it was like every single issue said that. And I was like, this is juicy. I
0: know. Like I need that Cosmo. I know. Oh
1: I, I mean, YM am there was would like always the best be one, pe- but it folded.
0: When I worked at Borders, there would always be people in the, that would come and check out and they would do that same method for checking out. So they would have all these like dirty magazines, but then they put like a, Nickelodeon magazine on the top or whatever like they would put something like pg (laughs) on top and then they would check out and it's like the booksellers would always see and we would always talk about like if we wanted to really fuck with people we would like just take them all out you know like the stack of magazines we would like so that the on the counter was like the dirty magazine so you could see it and if you wanted to be nice you would just like keep them all on a stack and just scan the barcode so like it was as if you're not looking at the stack does that make sense
1: yes I, I think about that all the time with the power a cashier has to, to overlook or shame somebody's purchase. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you can easily shame a purchase, yeah. <laughs> and I was, the other thing I was going to ask you, you have a lo- recognizable last name, Pellegrino. I, I have a last name, Kennedy. Right. Do people constantly ask you if you're Danny Pellegrino of the Pelle- San Pellegrino yeah. family? <laughs> yeah. And do you feel like you're... My issue is that I feel like I'm starting the conversation hugely disappointing people.
0: Right, it's it totally it's feels the same way, and it's always like a a bit you have to do, and it's just like okay, I got to do this bit again. Like somebody's gonna say, "Are you like the Pellegrino water?" And it's like okay, we have to do this bit. Like we have to just get through it. <laughs> like let's we'll right. just get through it. And yeah, it's like there's no right answer. It's like what if I said if I say yes, then what are you gonna say? Like oh my god, can I get Th- a then case they of water? say yeah. Can I get a <laughs> case of water or something? And if you say no, they're like oh that's too bad. You're missing out on the money.
1: Right. It's like there's or no. It's like it's,
0: there's no good. It's so stupid. Yeah.
1: And every time somebody asks me if I'm a Kennedy, I'm doing something like embarrassingly cheap. And I'm like, yeah, on my way back from Hyannisport, I'm buying $10 of Wet n Wild cosmetics <laughs> with extra bucks. Like, <laughs> no, know, I'm not a-, a Kennedy. And I, it's
0: wouldn't kind be of a- here. That's a bit, I always, when they say that, like, I'll be like, well, I wouldn't be here if I was an heir to the water fortune.
1: Yeah, like I always just pick something to say because I'm like, it annoys me, but the only, but it, or it makes me think of um, in Holiday in the Sun, when Classic. Brianna's like Wallace is in the Wallace department store, Wallaces, and I'm like, people with names that they want to be recognized do that. But mm-hmm. People, you know what I mean? Like, because even if I was like famous or rich, I wouldn't want to talk about it. Right. Like, this is just a PSA to everybody to stop asking people. Just, don't do, just, <laughs> just
0: don't, don't do the bet. Just don't do it. What do the are you gonna bed. What are you gonna get out <laughs> of it? Like, if you're just a cashier or something, like what it and and you are a Kennedy and I'm a cashier and I'm asking you, are you a Kennedy? Like, and you say, yes. What is the cashier going to get out of it? You're going to say like, yeah, come get some of my fortune. Right. Like, <laughs> like or did what? you I kill
1: Marilyn Monroe? Right. Like, <laughs> like you're not going to get anything
0: out of it. Let's just stop it.
1: What was Taylor Swift and Connor Kennedy's deal? Uh, the last thing I want to talk, talk to you about, because I know you're um, a, a uh, an enthusiast is um, Christmas and Hallmark movies. Oh, I love them. But I want to start with asking you, how do you feel about the
0: song, the Christmas shoes? Oh, I love it. It's very dramatic very sad. I cry to at least three times a year.
1: I, um, I always (laughs) say cheesy. No, uh, this is a thing for me. I, one time was reading the lyrics on a podcast on air and I started sobbing live because I'm like, Oh my God. Like what to me? I'm like, what monster thinks this is, you know, Holly and Jolly. It's not at all. This Christmas Eve, these shoes are just her size. I'm sorry. Could you hurry, sir? Daddy says there's not much time. You see, she's been sick for quite a while, and I know these shoes will make her smile if mommy meets Jesus
0: tonight. If mommy meets Jesus, and then at the end when he's like, "Sir, I wanna Uh, buy the," it's the kid's voice. Oh my god, I'm dead.
1: Like, see, I don't need that. I don't
0: need it. See, I'm hitting the note again.
1: (laughs) And that's gonna be in your
0: head. (laughs) I'm hitting the note. Uh, Have you seen the Christmas Shoes movie with Rob Lowe? There was like a. I won't watch it. It's very sad, and they made a sequel with Neil Patrick Harris. But it was like a made-for-TV, maybe CBS or something. It was Rob Lowe and the original movie "Christmas Shoes" is so sad.
1: It's very masochistic to me because I just know it's torture. It's kind of like I, I won't listen to "Butterfly Kisses." I uh, I struggle with the love. That of was those, a moment like,
0: in the '90s. "Butterfly Kisses," though, like do you remember him being on Oprah and like he oh, was yeah. he was all over the fucking place singing that fucking "Butterfly Kisses."
1: And but that song, it, I, I I've heard it a million times. It really gets me, and I I don't know what it is. Mm. It's like yeah. The, and I think too, I kept thinking around it around my wedding and my like siblings would like play it to trigger me. And I really, w- I was like, cause when the party was like, she'll change your name today. And like, Ugh. I didn't change my name. And I think it's because of butterfly kisses because wow. I didn't want to live out that. I didn't want my dad to go change through that.
0: name today. <laughs> now it's all coming back to my head. A
1: more like your mama.
0: A little more <laughs> every day. Yeah. <laughs> That's <song. One> <laughs>
1: not woman another part girl from perfume and to perfume and makeup from ribbons and curls
0: see now that we're talking about it looking back like i had that single and i remember listening to it and it's like what does this young straight man like, not, i'm not that i am but it's like what was this young boy listening to butterfly kisses for like what yeah. what was i getting out of it
1: that's actually a great question because i think yeah it hits me because of like the daddy daughter thing yep. but it
0: doesn't make sense why i had that single it's <laughs> amazing
1: um okay and just do you have a favorite Hallmark movie Christmas movie off the top of your head?
0: you know, I love anything with Lacey Chabert is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think um Merry Me at Christmas was a recent one that I really liked uh but anything with Lacey Chabert, I feel like her and Candace Cameron Bure, they get their pick of the litter when it comes to them because they're yes. such stars of the network, so I feel like their movies are always better than the rest mm-hmm. because they get Witt. To, and yeah they get like the they get to pick the best scripts, you know, so anything with them um
1: I, I don't love Candace ones. Cameron
0: Bray in general, but she does get better Christmas movies on the network. Yeah. She had one last week with, or last year with magical shoes. I can't think of the name of it. Um, but Lacey oh, Chabert. It was, well. it
1: was so, um, pandering to like, I was Is so Jean f-
0: smart. Was in it, it was so
1: frustrating. It was like, I was like, I love shoes. It was very, odd. it was very stupid. Um, yeah, no, I think I don't love her either, but, she had one good one that was um, where she was like a doctor and moved to a town.
0: The old timing one? Yes. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That um, one was that decent. One's decent, yeah.
1: And I love, there's this one called Christmas Cookies that's truly perfect, and the town is called Christmas Cookie.
0: Is that a Lacey Chabert one? No, it's no, that, that,
1: it's another girl that's in a lot of them who's... Who
0: Danica McKellar?
1: No, she's not famous outside of Hallmark. She, she looks like a newscaster. Mm. She has like kind of a flippy haircut and a strong brow and like a sharper features. Um, but she's very good, and she does save the town. But the that that a very merry mix-up, mm. which is where that redhead um, net doesn't figure out for a full week that she's at the wrong, her, not at her fiance's family's house. Mm. I mean, that's a, like what that movie. I just like love to think about them sitting around a table and being like, "Yes, like this makes right. so much sense." Like.
0: You know, my friends <laughs> writing a Hallmark movie and they're so specific of like there's like a list of things literally that they have to include in these movies. So they yeah. are so formulaic and there's not a lot of like creative liberty that people get to take with Darn. them. But I love them. They're so comforting to me. My only issue is that they don't recognize that homosexuals exist in this universe, but yes. I still love them so so much and now they're they're starting to branch out so this year they have hanukkah movies coming and then last year A lot more last of season color recently yeah, l- more people of color in the leading roles was great last year so they are evolving s- very slowly but truly but they're so comforting and they make me so happy and I, there's truly like nothing i love more than like around the holidays just sitting and watching one of those movies and they're so cheesy but like so fun cheesy oh, i love yeah. them so much yeah
1: i am um, i <laughs> if you ever need, you know, to pitch an idea to your friend, I have this idea for one called immaculate deception huh. and, uh, about a girl like pretending, um, she, it's kind of like she's a
0: pretending she's married.
1: Yeah. It's a, kind of like a crossover of like of a modern woman who wants to have a kid on her own. She goes, mm-hmm. she gets pregnant on her own, goes back to her small town. People aren't getting it. So in the tree lot, you know, a guy with a knowing smile, like agrees to pretend to be her baby's daddy so she can ha- enjoy Christmas without feeling badly about her like life decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and we can kind of bring in a more modern narrative of like, you know, you don't need a man to have a kid, mm-hmm. but also acknowledge that the entire arc of these films is like going to your small town and like nobody's left. And mm-hmm. like somehow the this gorgeous the man high is school still single. quarterback is still there. And, and why is he single? Yeah. And yeah. In real life, that guy doesn't have hair. He's, <laughs> he doesn't exist that yeah, way. He does not way. exist that way. Um,
0: they're so good. This year in July, they're premiering two new holiday movies. It's going to be oh, like what, Christmas, Christmas in, in July. July. yeah. So it's two new, brand new Christmas movies. They're premiering in July. And then every Friday on Hallmark, they're doing Christmas movies. They're showing the old ones. It's Here I r- am, like a Hallmark, fucking Hallmark promo.
1: It's one of those <laughs> things where I, I, like, I love it so much, and I've been such a fan for so many years, but I feel like it's, we're getting into that dangerous territory where the, the joke of it all is getting so mainstream mm-hmm. that it's like, don't push it down our throats. Like, it's, yes, it's funny you make 48 films a year and crank them out in a three-week period, but, you know
0: yeah don't don't recognize it yeah yeah, yeah I, I know what you're saying I wish you know i
1: Marco wasn't a christmas one she did those fourth of july one and whatever but a christmas one would have been so good
0: uh i do on my instagram i do like these stories sometimes when i watch them I and i'll do like live commentary and I, i'm amazed and shocked by how many people write me that love hallmark christmas movies like i think they're so much more popular than we even realize and mm-hmm. so last year i kind of like digged into the ratings and the ratings for those movies are through the roof like so many people love them but I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about how they love them um but they're so popular
1: I used to work I worked at before be there in five I worked at Nielsen for six years the tv ratings company helping like advertisers place their uh creatives in shows and I remember being like what is uh crown networks international and it was like 15 hallmark channels and they would crush it. Neither. And I was like... And for cable, the numbers were unparalleled. Uh, like, in, as opposed to broadcast. But, yeah, I know. I, I think that they've been liked by an older, less digital demo for a very long time. And we're just starting to, like... Catch on. Get into it. And especially with the Lori Lachlan of it all. You know, when calls the heart. Well, and
0: I keep saying, like, all of these other starlets or stars need to get on board with Hallmark. Like, if I was one of these actresses, like... I Like, if I was a Jennifer Love Hewitt, I mentioned her earlier. Like, I get on that network and just do the movies like Lacey Chabert has the best life she gets to do these movies they take two weeks everyone fucking loves them yeah. and they make a lot of money for the network they do high ratings like it, and it's a great life like I don't understand why more people bigger stars aren't just like hiding out on the Hallmark network and doing them
1: I think Jennifer Love Hewitt Allison Alison Hannigan like those are the types of actresses that are universally known but not like they and, have like different projects,
0: and they're nostalgic and they're for nostalgic. us. Yeah. yeah, I always say Danielle Fischel. Do you remember Topanga of from course. That's like who needs to be on the Hallmark Channel? She would be perfect. Like just start doing Hallmark movies, Danielle.
1: I we would we would all she love is. it.
0: She did that Girl Meets World for a while, but now she's not working. Like let's. I mean, maybe she's doing something, I don't know, but it's like get on the Hallmark channel and do those movies. Crank them out the way Lacey Chabert take over for her.
1: I mean, Beverly Mitchell's doing them.
0: Yeah, Lori Laughlin's gone now. So like get on get in that open spot. Honestly,
1: Good Red Instant one calls the heart. That was not my favorite.
0: And you know what's very interesting about the Hallmark Channel is that the women are making more than the men, which is such a rarity in this industry.
1: It's Slow like the clap. women the
0: women are the stars of that network. And That's even though some of them actually. might be problematic in their views. they're still leading the way in terms of money
1: i would love to see a hallmark movie about an olivia jade style uh influencer like i want more digital Mm -hmm. or like more modern storylines i think it'd be really interesting to like you know well they did one online dating one that didn't
0: land yeah they did one last year with um um God, I, it was like an app called Mistletoe or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was the guy from Pretty Little Liars, yes. which I, I love how they have hot guys too. That's one of my other favorite things. The hottest like, guys. The hottest men are on the Hallmark channel.
1: I follow them all on Instagram. They all have <laughs> below 3,000 followers and <laughs> their know. content is a snooze fest. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like the most, I know. I it I'm one hundred percent gentlemen.
1: <laughs> but anyway, Danny, no, I kept you for too long, but this was so much fun. No, I had
0: the best time. Thank you, Kate. Of course. This was so fun. So
1: t- can you just tell everybody about Everything Iconic in the event they don't know about it and everything else you're doing?
0: Yeah, so Everything Iconic it's a podcast. <laughs> of course, it's a podcast. <laughs> but I do two episodes a week, and uh, I cover... I do recaps of Real Housewives. I'm currently covering the Real Housewives in Southern Charm, so I do recaps of those later on in the week. And then occasionally I throw in interviews with people like Alison Hannigan, Jennifer LaFewitt, and like nostalgic people from sort of our past. Or I'll do like random episodes about a nostalgic thing from our past. Yes. But it's mostly, I'd say, Bravo Housewife recaps.
1: You did a great deep dive in Mary-Kate and Ashley at one Oh, point. yeah, I did
0: Mary-Kate Ashley deep dive. With the... Laura Marie, she's the she's
1: so funny, uh, yeah. sexy, unique podcast. Um, yeah, she is really funny. And um, you had another. Yeah, I mean, I'll do throw you do in Below like
0: a, I I had an interview with Hannah from that's Below right. Deck. Yeah, 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 like so it's mostly recaps, but then like random. I'll have yeah, that's why I called it Everything Iconic, so that I could throw in like what I want when I want kind of thing. Right. And so um, I do interviews with d- different people, Bravo celebrities. I've had a lot of Housewives on. I've had all the Vanderpump people on. Well, you'll ha-
1: and, you'll go, you'll have you'll, like, inside baseball, like, have the actual people on.
0: Yeah, I yeah. like, Casey
1: and Danielle are a little funny about that because they want to be able to talk about them. Right. Do you feel like you lose license to talk about them?
0: No, not at all. I mean, with my recaps, like, I try to... They do, like, Casey and Danielle and Bitch Such they're so brilliantly hilarious, and they do the snark, I think, better than I do. I, I try to be... Um, like, I, I don't ever say anything that I, like, wouldn't say to their faces. Like, I, yeah, that's just not, not my style of comedy or whatever, which, which, like I said, other people do it better. So I don't ever worry. It's like. I'm never, I don't think I'm that mean to anyone. So it's like, if I'm interviewing them, it doesn't feel awkward.
1: Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. It, cause I, I think the reason we watch these is cause a lot of the, um, it's like so lovingly insane. Like we love these characters. Yeah. I don't really hate anybody besides like Thomas Ravenel and like people that like right. commit crimes there's very, and recently yeah. Lou and like, yeah, you know, there's some much
0: I try to come at it as like a fanboy Cause I love housewives. I love all the Bravo stuff. And so I don't, um, I don't ever try to look at it as... I don't try to be mean-spirited. But I still right. try to be... Fu- Hopefully, I'm still funny. But, like, I don't... Uh, other people oh, do this, so like, funny. snark much better than I do. And so I'll be a little shady.
1: Who's... um, Like, we were talking about off the... one Before we were on the mic, that I think Tom Sandoval is, like, the most underrated best reality character of all time because of his earnestness and weirdness. Yeah, he's great. And I feel the same way about Craig.
0: Oh, I love my Craigie. I love both of them. He, I love
1: They both? Like, I don't think they're underrated necessarily, but, like, they're not... Um, they're consistent.
0: Craig on Southern Charm is so interesting as a human being because he's just like uniquely himself which is rare and all those weird things that he does it's like his, the pillow making is such a left turn it's like you can't predict what they're going to do <laughs> next. It's like and that's what I like out of any reality star is like I can't predict what Craig is going to say or do.
1: He recently posted like coming soon inserts. <laughs> it's,
0: like, it's like that is such Your a bizarre career shift.
1: I'm like literally get just order some off Amazon. Like that is not a big, sh-
0: I know it doesn't make any <laughs> sense why he's selling these pills without the inserts, with but yeah, he's great.
1: Um, no, that's, I, I love your recaps. I think they're so funny. I feel grateful to be in an era now where like the fall was looking bleak for housewives. I feared as the franchise over with OC, like I was just yeah. bored, bored, bored. And I think a lot of people were, but New York just got so good. Beverly Hills after Lucy, Lucy, apple juicy, Got it different, interesting in a different way.
0: I love recapping New York because I just I think it's the best show on TV, and I love Southern Charm and Vanderpump Rules. So I only I don't cover everything. Like I know a lot of other uh, these great Bravo podcasts, like Watch What Crap or whatever. They cover every show, and I just focus on like two at a time.
1: Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. Lastly, we're going. Um, you know, I'm not sure. Like, I don't really care, but like we might be going to Sir later, and like Tom, Tom.
0: Go to Tom Tom, <laughs> Tom. Tom Tom is so great.
1: I, it's so funny because people. That don't care or have anything to do, to do with the shows are like appalled that I like want to spend my time there, but I am just so, so interested to be on like the inside, and I don't like I'll get goat cheese balls, I'll have a pump I just like it's kind of you know a Disney World of Bravo, right. oh yeah, um, yeah. and I but I besides Sir and Pump being like so so, I've heard Tom Tom is actually
0: yeah Tom Tom's literally wonderful. great, like the food is fantastic, they just have bites like it's not a ton of food. But the food is legit good. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. I hate the food at Pump and Sir. Sir has like a couple things that are okay, but for the most part, I think both of those places have shit food, in my opinion. But Tom, Tom I think legit has great food. Like, I, any I would recommend to anyone, and they have fantastic drinks. Like, Tom, and Tom a nice atmosphere. It's just really small, so like you, there's usually a line to get in and stuff. I just so. think
1: it's the most brilliant idea. Yeah. I love steampunk chic decor. I love that, like, I love that, yeah, all the cocktails they make, and I, the cauliflower looks outstanding.
0: The cauliflower, I'm not kidding. Like, I got that, and I was like, this can't be good. It's like cauliflower wings, and it was the most amazing thing. Like, I've tried to get it delivered, because Postmates is out here, but yeah. we, it, they don't deliver Tom and I've been, I've, like, literally voiced my complaint. I'm <laughs> like, I need those cauliflower <laughs> wings. Like, the food is that good that I would have it delivered. Oh, my
1: gosh, Courtney, I might, we might have to switch up our night. And they have we a... Don't make um, res- take reservations. And I, I don't wanna be like in a thoughty line of chicks like us. If you go if in. you go in they
0: open, like they don't open until like six I oh, think, really? or something. Their so hours if you go at six till late. Yeah, so I think if you go at like six you could get in. What
1: do you think? Easily. Late what's late in LA?
0: And I would uh, they're open until two. But oh. I think um, I don't think they serve food until that late, but even if it's, even if you go at a later time, it's still not that but like the line goes really quickly. Okay. It's like not that but there yeah. you'll see a long line but it moves like that. Oh, good to know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, you you like I, I am just as fangirly as the the best of them, but you know, I try to act cool.
0: Yeah, I mean there <laughs> I'm sure someone'll be there when they're I mean, they're. here's
1: to helping Max Vanderpump is.
0: Yeah. Their film the I'm sure somebody'll be there. When I was there recently, Kelly Clarkson and Selena Gomez were there. I and I just met them drop both. Oh my mic for yeah. you
1: that is Kelly Clarkson? That's exciting. I took a
0: shot at Tom Tom with Kelly Clarkson. It was so amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: That's really exciting. It was like a,
0: and also with Katie and Katie's mom. We like, we're all taking Katie. I love Katie. Katie's mom, uh, Terry Maloney. Is that Terry? Yes. She, all of us were taking shots with Kelly Clarkson. It was like, what is this weird night? It was so crazy.
1: That is a perfect pop culture night. It was
0: really great. Lena
1: Gomez is like like I would assume she travels with major security
0: she wasn't no she was there with a group of girlfriends like uh there was um just a group of girlfriends actually can I tell this story really quick so I was, I'm
1: not in a hurry I'm just was, trying to get you, let you go if you need
0: to I was there and first of all I took the shot with Kelly Clarkson and like we were all having a good time and then I'm sitting down at the table and then all of a sudden I like the Tom Tom security is like Danny Terry's calling you over and I was like what and it was Terry Katie's mom Terry Maloney called me over to Selena Gomez's table <gasps> <laughs> And how how
1: does Terry do? Terry like listens to my
0: podcast and like they were Selena's a huge fan of Vanderpump Rules, So like Katie was at their table talking or whatever. And so then like Terry Maloney calls me over to Selena Gomez's table. And I was so excited. And I I had already like felt like I was on cloud nine because of the Kelly Clarkson thing. And then so I get to the table and Terry's like, take some photos with Selena. And then so she like Katie's mom, like, makes Selena's friends, like, move out of the booth so I could sit next to Selena and, like, take photos and stuff. It was just – and Selena was so sweet. And, like, she, you could tell she was, like, an actual – she wasn't drinking at all, but you could tell that she was, like, an actual fan of Vanderpump Rules. Yeah.
1: I love when, – like, when Rihanna was storing about Vanderpump Rules, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Right.
0: Yeah, you she was like asking Katie legit, legit questions from the show and asking, you know, just she knew everything about the show. She was a big fan. Kelly didn't know anything, but one of Kelly's people was like a huge fan.
1: Kelly? Clarkson kind of charmingly out of the loop. And like yeah. she doesn't like she has a Twitter but not really an Instagram. Like I went to her concert, she took her shoes off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just like made me laugh. She was charming as hell. Um but yeah, I think well, Pump Rules is like a true masterpiece that we never saw coming because when the Housewives transitioned to the to it, yeah, who knew? That we were like, "What the hell is this?" I felt the same way about Summer House. I think Summer House is amazing, right? Um, and yeah, and I, Kelly
0: was aware of it. I will say, like, yeah. she knew that like the phenomenon is. She just didn't right. know the characters or the players,
1: right? Which you know, understandable. She's got a thing or two going on, but I love that Selena Gomez knows, like, for Katie Maloney's mom to be like literally I'm sitting sitting down and it's like
0: the bodyguard or who it was the Tom Tom security like Danny Terry Maloney's calling you over or Terry's calling you over to the table I was like what's going on
1: (laughs) I've always wondered if like those places if I were like Sheena Lala like Katie uh, and I was going to work as such a public figure that people had full access to like is there security they're, no, they're no, very it's very famous. it's
0: very weird. And I'd, I've actually been complaining on their own behalf because like they don't get paid for showing. They're like expected, I think. I don't know if, what exactly is in their contract, but they're expected to show up at these places. But right. then they don't get paid. Like if if Paris Hilton, if appearance. a club wants her to do an appearance, they get paid or she gets paid for it very well because you're driving traffic. in. And at those places, like those kids are driving in so much traffic because we all go to see them.
1: I wouldn't be go. I'd be going to Nobu Malibu tonight I if it know. weren't for. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel Vanderpump like, rules. and they, they've
0: told me like Stasi was on my show, and a few of them have been on my show, and they don't get paid an appearance fee for showing up those places, like outside of filming. I yeah. mean, and I think they should because they're expected to, and I think it's weird that they don't. And I, the argument is like, well, without those restaurants, they wouldn't have a thing. And I always say like, without those people, those no one would be showing up at those restaurants. Like before Vanderpump Rules came along. Lisa was on Beverly Hills Housewives, but no one was going to Villa Blanca. Like people no. go to Tom Tom and Cern and Pump to see those kids. It's a bonus when they get to see Lisa and right. all her glory. But it's like no one was going to Villa Blanca. It was empty. There was never a line.
1: I have a real problem with that um problematic I made you leadership style, very Simon Cowell. It's like yeah. just because you found somebody, once they prove themselves and they work out of their own merit, there needs to be like a roll off of where they you're not entitled to most of their like time or right. cut. Cause yeah, I think I've thought about that a lot too for, um, because I find the business, uh, agreement for Tom, Tom, so shady to be concerning I know. Yeah. and Lisa does so many like back of the napkin, handshake, gentlemen's agreements. And I'm like, I, I just think they have worked hard and I think the Toms are great and I want them to do well. And I think this could be a really big thing for them. But I also fear that she's making it intentionally cryptic because as we know, I don't know whose side you're on in Beverly Hills, but I think most people who have watched it for several years know that she's strategic and that that story was likely planted.
0: I mean, I see everything online, too, like because people I see on Twitter and on Instagram and everything and everyone argues it's like, oh, well, uh, without Lisa and without those restaurants no one these people would be nothing and it's just I don't I always just encourage everyone to look at the other side it's like without them I'm not saying Lisa would be nothing but those restaurants wouldn't be successful it's like we go there for them
1: yeah you know we're
0: watching this sh- we're watching her spinoff for them we're not watching for Lisa and Ken right. and I like Lisa and Ken I, I don't want to sound like I'm well
1: no it's yeah. but I
0: just think it's like oh so they're indebted to her for the rest of their lives because
1: yeah it's not like yeah, shit talking to be like, you should have a contract. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that. it's like that's weird. Things like things seem like staples. but no,
0: And I as think- a business person, it's just like, that's a natural thing. It's like so weird to me that anyone would argue otherwise, no matter whose side you're on. And again, I love Lisa. I'm just saying it's not a weird thing for them to want a standard contract.
1: Totally. I'm always telling people, especially when it comes to business, if you're ever asking for something that feels normal and somebody's making you feel crazy. Mm. Like, stand your ground. Like, you're not crazy. I think, like, that's a tactic sometimes. Right. And, like, not in, like, a crazy, manipulative way. But just, like, I don't know. It's um interesting to watch. And I think they're just so much older and more mature now. And they, like, know better. And I just hope it works out for them. Because I have heard it's, like, the star of the... Joe and I have heard that Marissa Hermer from Ladies of London is start opening a restaurant down the road.
0: Oh, she is. Yeah, I think the that that.
1: bumpkin thing. Remember uh, that and like yes. the hot dog thing.
0: Oh my god, I didn't know that.
1: So her, Matt, her husband, is like a big restaurateur. He had that huge nightclub in London that was like the hot spot for several years. And um, yeah, they live here now. And I, I think she's trying to start a pump style. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Something, Bethany, to, wow. Look to. <laughs> Something that, to look forward to. Something to look forward to. We should end on your. I was waiting to see if you use that in like wow, everyday Bethany, jargon. Wow. I, I say it way
0: too much and I can't stop it's it. It's so good and I love I wow Craig's to. dog Bethany wow. Wow Craig's dog Bethany wow. I don't even know I say it way too much and it's I can't stop myself it just comes out at random Nobody
1: times. Nobody wants you to because as I told you off mic everybody told I was going here they're like wow Bethany wow like how <laughs> how I <like>, wear <laughs> like it just come part of life. the
0: lexicon I don't know how we all say it so much but it just happened. And you sell shirts that say that right? I do yeah um, <laughs> everything iconic.threadless.com there's really fun shirts there's wow bethany wow shirts there's also i my boyfriend just designed these shirts that have like all these different bravo quotes on them like from all the series and it's like super cute Um, don't hold team julie
1: against him because he's talented (laughs) then (laughs) at denny pellegrino on instagram
0: at denny pellegrino on twitter and instagram and then everything iconic on itunes spotify wherever amazing thank you so much for having me this was (laughs) so fun
1: I mean, isn't he just the best? I had so much fun and could have talked to him for hours. Hopefully, if he's ever in Chicago or if I'm back out in L.A., we can do the last half of my questions. I still can't believe he was so familiar with the Crossfire commercial. I mean, that's just such an important ad to me, along with the Pure Mood soundtrack. And, you know, it's just nice when you meet your people. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, So thank you so much for joining. I hope if you're new here, you'll come back. I, you know, did want to just tell everybody I got an email this morning notifying me that um, my podcast did break the top 100 charts on Spotify in the Dominican Republic. So there's that. Hi to anybody in the Dominican Republic. Um, You know, there's a lot going on there right now. And now I feel like I can't address it because if all my fans are there, I don't want to address, you know, like, why are all these Americans having heart attacks and going into, like, septic shock? Uh, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of men down in the Dominican, Americans specifically. Nobody really knows what's going on. But, you know, if you're one of my fans and you're there, God bless you. Um, other than that, not a lot new here. Just come back later this week, hopefully for um, a deeper dive into more current events. And uh, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash be there in five at the $5 level. I I am sorry to inform you it is not the $1 level because, you know, I actually do spill some info about uh my trip and experience in LA. And uh, yeah, email me at dot 5com If you love the show, give us a five-star review. Every five-star counts and and actively it helps to, you know, get the podcast on the charts and get noticed. And follow me at and 5 on Instagram and, you know, just in general, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. It is never lost on me. It's a it's a true honor and a privilege to keep you company. And whenever you guys reach out and tell me what you do while listening, so often it's something like very profound, or you're going through something tough, or you know, you're, you know, nursing your newborn child. And I mean, it's just wild to think of like the intimacy of being in somebody's ears talking while they're in, you know, the pivotal moments of their life which are often, you know, taken in alone and listening to something. And I don't know, it's just, it's pretty wild to think about. And I could wax poetic about it all day, but I just always want to make sure you guys know how grateful I am for you listening and for caring and for joining the Facebook group, for reviewing, for just like being a person that gives feedback when it's positive. Because I think so often our nature is when we like something, we just don't say anything. And when we don't, we like rage torch them on Yelp, which, you know, I do fall into the latter. But after doing this, I've realized the importance of feedback and like you think people are too cool or disinterested in what you think, but really it's all, it's the only thing that fuels a project like this. So I, I i am so grateful for you that have left positive reviews or who have emailed me, you know, what you did and didn't like about different formats of the episodes. It's incredibly helpful. And I know that it like takes some time to like think through a positive review. You know what I mean? Like every time I'm wording something negative, I'm like, Crossfire, <laughs> like just could could not type faster. But I try to be more artful and I'm positive, And then sometimes I stop doing it because it takes too much time. Anyway, all that to say, I I just think we live in a world where it's so much easier to criticize. And if you're the type of person who takes the time to tell somebody you don't even know that they're doing well, like God love you, you are you, that is like so so sweet. And I am so appreciative. And I have so many of you that are so incredible that I get to know through the Facebook group and whatnot. So, anyways. The risk of gushing. Just wanted to tell you. Thank you so much. I love you so much. And I hope you love this episode as much as I did. And as always, let me know your thoughts and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear.
0: Crossfire. you get caught up in the crossfire. Crossfire. you get caught up in the crossfire. 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 Don't get caught up in it!